I'll tell you your behaviour last night was shocking, eh? Fucking voice, man. Shocking. You've been taking me for an idiot, eh? Fucking sound like an idiot with an accent, man. Well, I can I'm no way. Eh? Telling you, if you don't start appreciating me, I'll fucking leave, eh? Fucking leave, eh? Take that fucking accent away, yeah. <laughs> Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Wrong. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, E. Simon. Hi, I'm Kate Rumbo. It's cracking there, Kate. Yeah, not much. Like, just same old, same old. Bit of a shit week, but you've just got to keep on trucking. L-I-V-I-N. I admire your positivity. Me, on the other <laughs> hand, I'm just filled with negativity because I'm waiting for my results from my goddamn COVID test. Oh, you're taking another one? Yeah, this should be my second one. Yeah, you're just like coming in the jars. Yeah, that's the new COVID test. They test your cum. Mm-hmm. It's like they, put, they basically just put a thermometer in like a fucking wad of your spooch. Just right, right in the I spirit. imagine, yeah. You know that scene on the thing where he tests it with like the heated up wire coil and then it just goes. <laughs> when you've got the COVID. And then they're like, he's That's... got the COVID. Yeah, they've done that with you, but they've been like, he's a Jew. <laughs> um, no, you, have you had a COVID test? Have you had to deal with one? No. So they... I'm not a paranoid American. Well, sometimes you have to. I'm, the reason I have to get one is because my sister wants me to come up to SF for Thanksgiving, but because she's preggers, mm-hmm. she's like, you yeah. got to get a COVID test. So I'm With like, all shmooly. right. Yeah, you don't want to get shmooly sick. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I hate Thanksgiving, so I'm kind of, I, but I haven't spent Thanksgiving with her for a while. Just because mm-hmm. I had to spend the, like the last four with my ex's family. So I'd be interested to go do it. But the fucking COVID test is a bitch to get. You'd think with all the fucking cases rising, they would try to make it a little easier for people to get a COVID test. But mm-hmm. no, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Like I had to call my fucking, uh, I, I go to Kaiser, which is our HMO here. I had to call them. And you talk to one nurse. And then she's I'm like, yeah. And I, I just... I don't feel sick, but in order to get the free COVID test, I can pay for it. It's like 200 bucks, but to yeah, get a free you, one. You've got to lie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've had diarrhea and a sore throat and I've been coughing. And she's like, okay, well, let me get your doctor to call you. I'm like, all right. Next day, another nurse calls me. She's like, so do you have symptoms? I'm like, yeah, I got fucking diarrhea and I'm fucking sore throat and I'm coughing. Yes. She's like, okay, let me get a doctor to call you. And the next day, the guy, doctor calls me at 7 a.m., Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I got diarrhea, I'm coughing. And so he's like, all right, you're going for a COVID test. And it's a fucking drive-through test. Like you got to drive all the way down mm-hmm. here. It's all the way over in Hollywood. You drive through, literally takes two minutes. They come, they shove this thing all the way up in your nose, which sucks. And then she like swabs yeah. your cheek and then you're, you're like the inside of your cheek and then you're done. And then you go. You're on your go. On the but way. now I've been just fucking waiting I mean, it's been over, it's been over four days, three days. It was on Thursday. So it's been over three days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I imagine there's a backlog though, because everyone's getting tested, aren't they? Like no one, I don't actually, over here, you want to go and get tested if you've got the symptoms or whatever. But no one I know, apart from one person has had the COVID. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I understand that the, the cases have gone up and there are a lot, like here in California, it's supposed to be 
worse than the rest, not worse than the rest of the country, but there's definitely mm-hmm. a spike. And they say like, you know, they're, the media is kind of scaring everybody about traveling. Personally, I don't even want to fucking travel. I fucking hate the holidays. I hate Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I, I still don't, don't understand like why. To me, Thanksgiving will ruin Christmas because you're having essentially the same meal with the same fucking people. And then three weeks later, you've got to see all these same fucking people again. I would never celebrate Thanksgiving. Well, you say that, but if you enjoy the people that you're seeing, it's like two excuses to go see them. Personally, I feel exactly the same with you. I would rather not see them on either one of those occasions. I'd rather Mm -hmm. stay home, get high, and watch Dirty Harry movies. You know? Yeah. But... Whatever. That's just me and John Steele. Um, anyway, <laughs> enough about this. Hopefully I'm negative on my COVID test. We'll see. Or maybe positive because then I won't have to fly up to San Francisco. So we'll figure that out. But the big news on uh, this week's show, and I announced it last week, is we're going to announce the winner of Kate's Accent Competition. A lot of people weighed in my on this accent. one. My accent. My messed up accent. Well, I find yes. it really funny because, you know, in the U.S., you know, there's not... I guess there's not as many accents, not as many dialects as there are in the UK, which is like, it's UK is like what? Not even the size of fucking Texas. Oh yeah. And every, every County has, has its own dialect. dialect. Yeah. And we here, all have our own slang as well. And we all have our own terms for like what a bread roll is. It all changes from like County to County. I've always been confounded by it here. It's like, you know, the difference between a Texan accent and someone from Minnesota or, Someone from Michigan versus someone from Boston. Like, you can hear it. But th- th- mm. that's about it. The New Yorkers have their own accent. And I don't know if Californians really do. Maybe. But I kind of feel like... It- oh, yeah. Of course you do. Dude, surf's up. Come well, on, dude. there's that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think that's more And then than- there's the Valley Girls, too. As if. I guess. I mean, I guess there are those people. But I feel like that's more of an affectation for people. But mm. I think in general, most Californians don't sound any different than someone from Nevada or Arizona. But then when you start going to like Alabama, you hear differences, but in fucking England, you go one town over and it's like, that's a Mancunian accent (laughs) and that's a Liverpudlian accent. It's like, yeah, it's, it's fucking weird. So anyway, your accent perplexed everybody. No one, well, it it did because people were like, where's she from? Where's she from? And they're trying to figure it out. So we we decided based on all these people fucking emailing me and 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 pinging you and pinging us on uh, Facebook saying like, is your accent from, you know, Liverpool or whatever? We're like, let's have an accent challenge game. And the winner will get a special gift from my big box of sex toys from Adam and Eve. So let me read off a few clean, of the- clean sex toys, people. They're not used. Yeah, I haven't used them yet. Um, (laughs) let me read off a couple of these emails. So the first one I got here is from Tom. He says, Hey, Dean, Kate is Kate is Kate's accent from Berwick upon Tweed. No, Um, that's the other side. So that's the other side, the other side to where I am. I do not have, I don't, there was a few people saying I have like a Northumberland or Durham accent. And I can tell that these people have never been to Northumberland or Durham. (laughs) Cause I don't sound like any of those people. Kevin here says, I'll say total guess York. No. No. But I do I could yeah, I could easily be from York. Matt says the northern part of hell. Yeah, I be, uh, Matt, you are correct. That is currently <laughs> where I'm podcrafting from right now, uh, with the devil by my side. Damo says, I'd have gone for hole 
H-U-L-L, if I'd have pulled my finger out. Yeah, that's the other side. Hull stinks, and it is a shithole. (laughs) I'd be interested to know how many towns on this uh, list here are not a shithole, in Kate's opinion. Well, I will tell you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what about this one? Matthew says, I'm going to take a stab. Teesside. Shithole and no. Again, it's on the other side, and I just I just don't have a Geordie accent. I may oh, use, like, Geordie. Geordie terminology. Yeah, it's like Northumberland. I may use, like, Geordie terminology, but that's because where I live, it's interchangeable. We have, like, the same kind of Geordie words. What about James here? Brampton. Ooh, someone's getting close. All right, Fred Graham. West, um, Fred West, sorry, the serial killer. He uh, he lived in Brampton for a little while. There's a little Brampton. A little, um, did, Graham yes. says, "I would say Humberside." No, shithole and no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and minus says, "Stop the votes! I've won, or at least I should get a prize for this one." Fingering, finger and hoe. Which That's is a village. It's a village yeah. in Essex. I thought for sure yeah. that was it. Well, yeah, no, my exes uh, refer to me as that. But no, I'm not. Although uh, my family did live very briefly in Essex. We lived in Essex for like five minutes, but fingering, I'm from like London originally. F- fingering Ho is located five miles south of East, or uh, five miles southeast of Colchester. Colchester. Shithole. <laughs> All right, Marty says, wife reckon somewhere close to Wales or Norwich? Right, they're on the opposite sides of the country, and it's Norwich. Norwich. Here's my right. favorite one. Nor- it's uh-huh. great. How, how do you pronounce it? Norwich. Norwich. Nor- Norwich. Yeah, there you go, Norwich. 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 Do you know what? Norwich. Not a shithole. Oh, it's not. Not a shithole. I like Norwich. Yeah. I like how Americans Americans would be like, Norwich. Norwich, like you did. (laughs) Um, Michael, his guess is pretty much what I would have guessed. Probably some stupid town with an overly long name, like Newcastle (laughs) upon Thames at Avondale on a hill next to Tesco. Brother Michael, you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) No, believe me, when I'm sending fucking t-shirts to you, Limeys, I'm like cursing the gods as I'm writing out the (laughs) fucking addresses on the customs form. I mean, it's like, fuck. Here in America, it's like Reno, Nevada. Done. Not there. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. annoying. Um, I like David's guess here. Chavsdale. Also correct. Not a shithole. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Chapstow probably is a massive, massive shithole. <laughs> Wait, that, that's not a real town, is it? No. Okay, no. all right. I'm, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I was hey, like, Hey, do right. you know what? Yeah, I was about to say, no, in this country, it fucking could be. I, get, I mean, Fingering Ho is a real town. So Chapsdale makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl says Shetland dialect, I would say. That's Scotland. <laughs> Scotland. Come on, Carl. Northern bird. Now, a number of people chose this next city. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. read off some of the names. Simon, he says, the borders, I'm going Carlisle. D, mm-hmm. she writes Carlisle. Warren says, that's a Carlisle Cumbria accent. Charlotte says, I vote for Carlisle too. And finally, Lily says, my money's on Carlisle. So what about Carlisle? No, not, uh, not, it's not a Carlisle either. accent. 
all these people who are saying Carlisle have clearly never been to Carlisle because they fucking talk like this, ah. Uh, and Carlisle, what you fucking doing, ah? Uh? How's it fucking? What you fucking bothering about, pal? That's how they sound in Carlisle. <laughs> Is, that Is that what I sound like to you people? It almost sounds like a 1920s gangster. <laughs> yeah, what you doing? I'm gonna get my Tommy. I'm gonna get my Tommy gun. See? That's yeah. what, that's what yeah, reminds me is. of. All right, so Carlisle uh -huh. is not the one. How about this one? What about, <clears throat> is it a shithole? Carlisle is a shithole, confirmed. There you go. Uh, Ryan says Gretna Green. Uh, Gretna Green is in Scotland, and I do not have a Scottish accent. Uh, so, Gretna Green's pretty much a shithole as well. Yeah, you know I'm going to say shithole. You know what I wish I would have? I should find this if I can find it. Is uh, that, you know, I should get a little button with Trump going, wrong. Oh, wrong. <laughs> when he was debating <laughs> Hillary. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Um, Lydia says, I'll be disappointed if she's not from Cockermouth. Cockermouth. Well, is that Lydia. a real, is that a real one? Is that a real city? Yeah. Cockermouth. Lydia. Lydia is very close, and us locals know Cockermouth as Nobagob. Nobagob. Nobagob, yeah. Is that another real um, city? It's a little town. Um, Cockermouth, shithole, but it's nice <laughs> for like a little afternoon wonder. Uh, really good charity shops in Cockermouth, if anyone's passing by. Stop off there, get yourself some goods. All right, Dave here says, I've had a guess. I'm thinking Wigton. Um, that's kind of like saying I'm from fucking Carlisle. No, no, it's not wrong. It. <laughs> yeah, wrong. Wrong. Um, wrong. This guy Arthur says I reckon she's from Cumbria, Cockermouth, to be precise. I don't know why I think this. What have I won? Well, he's he yeah, he's very close. I do have everyone saying Cumbria is correct. Do you have Cumbrian accent? But it's not Cockermouth, and it's fucking not Carlisle. Well, I'm sure so you've offended. had a cock in your mouth. Oh, many, many a time. I'm surprised I don't have a cock in my mouth right now. I can't believe that's a name <laughs> of a real city, but whatever. American Cockermouth. There's, there's ridiculous named cities here, too. So, um, Yeah, well, Cockermouth is the river, and it's where the mouth of the river is. If you want oh, the that spell, makes sense. So there's a river called to be Cocker? Broken. It, there's a river called, yeah, Cocker, and it's where the mouth of the river is. Is Joe Cocker named after that river? He could be. He could that. be a Nobogov local, yeah. All right. Um, Ricardo says, Kate Rambo, going to go with Manchester or Leeds. I'll say Manchester. I do not have a Mancunian accent at so. all, but I do have the elongated vowels of the north, so I can see why he thinks that. Another guy here, Sean, he says, it's Kate from Carlisle. Keep it sick, keep it wrong. So, wrong. Sorry, wrong. Sean. Um, Everyone who said Carlisle has never met anyone from Carlisle. Wrong. Wrong. Um, <laughs> Evil Bunny writes, hey, Dean and Kate. Number one, Kate says she wasn't a Geordie, so I'm thinking that she's from somewhere in Yorkshire, maybe Leeds. No, I do not have a Leeds accent. Hey, oh, pet. I don't have a Yorkshire accent either. Although I did say Yorkshire, very Yorkshire then. Number two, she said you're doing a great job, and she's impressed by the amount of obscure serial killer knowledge that you have. It rivals her own, which is Oh, thank you, Alison. I appreciate so, that. Alison the Evil Bunny. Um, let's see here. Andy says, I'll say Berwick-upon-Tweed. Don't send a dildo if I win. My postman's a sick bastard, and I know he'll 
test bum himself <laughs> before delivery. <laughs> <laughs> no that's the other side Berwick upon Tweed um, it's kind of a shithole kind of isn't it's a very strange town because half of it is in Northumberland and half of it is in Scotland so you can literally walk a line where people speak Geordie and then people speak Scottish but yeah it's alright um, Dave here writes Kate's accent is a difficult one my daughter had a thick West Cumbrian accent until she went to the University of Newcastle her accent is mm -hmm. now similar to Kate's but that's a result of three years living with people of different accents. I'm going to guess that Kate's accent is also a result of being around many people with a different accent to her own. Then he had his, his missus got involved and she's like an internet sleuth. And okay. so, yeah, his missus says Kate's accent sounds similar to someone she knows from Penrith. And his final guess is Penrith. Ding, 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 ding. Ooh, we, we have a winner. winner. Is it a shithole, got a winner. Penrith is a massive, massive shithole. Do you know what? In, throughout <laughs> all of the 80s into the 90s, it was known as Brown Town because of the amount of heroin that flooded it. And if anyone's seen the film With Nail and I, they come oh, up from London. Yeah, they say they're going to Penrith, but they don't go to Penrith because it was like a, a tourist destination throughout all the 80s and the 90s for some reason. And then, it's so a shithole. You were born in London, though, but then you, you were raised born? and grew up in Penrith? Yeah, from like, you know, like probably about the age of like seven or eight, I was from. So I had a little Cockney accent. Hello, Gavna, when we moved up. Hello, darling. And then got my Penrith accent, which I have a Penrith accent. If you, but like, no one will know this because Penrith is a little shithole town out of nowhere. So People there you think go. it's in Wales or Australia. Mazel Tov, mm. Dave. You won. However, I think well, the gift should go girlfriend. to your wife or girlfriend or missus. Dave's um, girlfriend is going to get a, a big fat dildo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be in the box. I promise you that. Unused. <laughs> so congratulations there, Dave, for winning. However, I got to say one more email, uh, which is the best email that we uh, received here mm -hmm. in, in response to this competition comes from a guy who calls himself Peter File, Mr. File here. Oh, ooh, he says, okay. Dear Dee and Kate, firstly, congratulations on saving the show with such a clever choice of co-presenter. As much as I love listening to Harrison the Great Wackily before, the show is certainly much easier to masturbate to these days. You know, a lot of, no, a not. lot of, I don't know, a lot of male listeners would, would agree with him. Um, no, I think it's harder to masturbate to now. My voice throws me off. Bring back oh, maybe for you. <laughs> now on the subject of the home of Kate, I can tell you with utmost confidence that she is a Durham lass. The reason I know this is because I have met her in person. It's going to be a jog down memory lane for you. Um, mm -hmm. I met her in person when the punk band I played drums for, Spurious Emissions, supported her band at the Wet Lettuce Pub on the outskirts of Durham. Does this, does this at all right. sound familiar? I've, Wet Lettuce Pub. You play a lot of venues in a lot of bands, but I don't, I don't ever think I remember playing Wet Lettuce Pub, ever. Kate will no doubt remember the evening. As during our <laughs> second number, our outrageous frontman, Keith Shit, who is 72 years old and probably England's most homosexual <laughs> man, he stabbed... <laughs> his colostomy bag with a hypodermic syringe 
and proceeded to hose down the audience with his copious and cancerous piss. He then <laughs> dropped his trousers and turned his back on the audience to expose his heavily prolapsed anus. So is this sounding familiar <laughs> or have you blocked this? <laughs> I wish I wish I was at the gig right now. <laughs> um, he would have been in the front row. Um, the audience yeah. was mem- mesmerized as he swung his pink sock from side to side in time to the aggressive beat I was pounding out. I must say, Kate was absolutely wonderful about the whole thing and wouldn't even let me pay her dry cleaning bill. Of course... I'm punk, mate. Do you think I have dry cleaning bills? She still wears the colostomy bloodstained shirt. Of course, if Kate chooses to deny all knowledge of this, I certainly don't blame her. A lady is entitled to her (laughs) secrets. Toodle pip. (laughs) Kind regards, pedophile. Peter File. I wonder if um, this is my ex-boyfriend, Peter File. <laughs> does, so does, does that, did that scene happen pretty much at every show? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been to like about 200 punk gigs where that has happened. Dawn of humans, <laughs> every gig. <laughs> Everyone goes nuts. Like instead of an encore, it's like, pink sock, pink sock. Pink sock, pink sock. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've, heard uh, in, I've heard about these English punk shows. What a fantastic gig that was. Yeah, Thank you yeah, there, Peter File, but sadly Thanks, you are Peter. wrong. She's not from Durham. Wrong. <laughs> I'm not from Durham. She is from Penrith. Also Penrith, a shite hole. But, right. you know, people, I don't live in Penrith anymore, so don't come looking for me. Yeah, don't go uh, run through the town, canvassing the town for Kate. Doesn't live there anymore. No. I don't live there anymore. So congratulations, Dave and, and or Dave's missus, really. You won the prize. So um Yes. I'm gonna have to I'll hit you up. Sleuthing. I will mm-hmm. respond to your email, get your address, and I'll send it out shortly. Moving on, uh Kate, I'm sure you heard about this. Of course you heard about this. Uh, we had like, I don't know, twenty uh fans send this in. But are you gutted to hear the news about the death of the Yorkshire Ripper, Peter Sutcliffe? Well, you know what? They're all, all these, like, the high cannons of serial killers. They're all, like, dying off now. I think maybe, what is it? Son of Sam is left? Gary Ridgway is still around, right? Dennis Rader? Gary Ridgway. Yeah. Um, Dennis Rader's less so. But, like, I think, like, you know, Son of Sam, he's the main one. Sam Berkowitz, yeah. He's famous. Yeah, Dave Dave Berkowitz, he's still going. But Um, trying to think of who else. In Britain, yeah. There's, like, they're all kind of... Peter Sutcliffe was one of a kind, and he's he's gone now. Yeah, Peter Sutcliffe definitely was from the old canon of uh, serial killers. Mm. De- one of Britain's most notorious, the Yorkshire Ripper, for sure. I mean, up Completely. there with Dennis Nilsson and uh, Shipman, I would say. You know, it's kind of he's I kind of been that, that level. Yeah. Shipman's a bit different, but like Sutcliffe, even though he was like mainly killing like prostitutes until later on when he started killing regular girls, is one of a kind many reasons so you know at first when uh you know a lot of listeners sent this in i was like i don't really want to cover the yorkshire ripper because it's been done to death you know every every single podcast has done done this however there are Mm -hmm. some very fascinating facts Mm -hmm. about the yorkshire ripper that i want to share (laughs) but the main thing i want to talk about is uh the reasons why he evaded arrest for so many years. And he didn't even try not to get caught. He even said when he was caught, like, oh, I'm surprised it took you this long. 
Like this, this yeah, guy didn't even try to cover his it. tracks. Yeah, I mean, he didn't change his appearance, and his appearance was very unique. I mean, if you look at this guy; he's got like this go, you know, his goatee and his hair and, and his the way he dressed. Yeah, you say you say he was unique, but in the nineteen seventies, uh, every kind of of, everybody like was dressing like Peter. But mm-hmm. the the fact of the matter is, it's like he managed managed to evade arrest. I don't think because of his own accord. I think it's because of the botched investigation. And the massive hoax that occurred. So I'm going to talk about that in a second. But first, um, just a few things about about the British serial killer known as the Yorkshire Ripper. So he terrorized England, northern England, in the 1970s. Um, he just died. He just died last Friday, 74 years old, from the COVID, a COVID casualty. A COVID casualty, rest in peace. He was serving concurrent life sentences for killing 13 women in Yorkshire and Northwest England between the years of 1975 and 1980. Uh, he was finally arrested January 2nd, 1981 in Sheffield, and he later confessed, though at his trial he denied it. Um, but he was convicted mm-hmm. May 22nd, 1981, and uh, sentenced to, um, yeah, uh, was 20 concurrent life sentences. So definitely going to be in prison for a long time until he finally died. Um, but just a few of the interesting facts about Sutcliffe. So... Those who knew him held him in like really high regard. He's kind of a family yeah. man, even though he didn't have children because his wife uh, was unable to conceive. Sonia. Yeah, Sonia, who we'll get to her in a second. But the people that knew him knew him as a henpecked, a henpecked, dutiful husband. He was decorating and gardening in their house uh, in Leeds. He was a devoted uncle. He uh, attended family Sunday lunches with his parents and five siblings. Every Christmas he would visit old people's homes to spread cheer and hand out gifts. So, I mean, you look See, at this, this guy. this is why I'm glad I don't have a family. Like, fuck doing all of that. I just like doing my own thing. Well, it sounds like the... Peter Sutcliffe also likes doing his own thing. Well, I think he was up to his own yeah. thing. But, but that, at the same time, it just shows you, you know, how much of a psychopath this guy was. Like, he was able to carry on this Conceal. veneer... Yeah, conceal mm. like the evil, you know, psychopath of then. Uh, but I mean, to on the outwards, you know, to everybody else, he just looked like a kind, mild-mannered man with a high-pitched voice. And he would giggle mm-hmm. and blush in like awkward social situations. But deep inside, he harbored a he savage a hatred of women and a rage. Don't we all? Don't and, we all? And a hatred so twisted, <laughs> so twisted that he would, the way he killed the women was particularly vicious. He didn't just like, mm-hmm. you know, like, Ted, well, I guess Ted Bundy was pretty savage too, but a lot of them, you know, would just choke oh, yeah, him Ted, out. Well, Ted Bundy would shit at crime yeah, scenes. Ted He'd Bundy would shit on him. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah. But the way the Yorkshire Ripper, his hallmark was he would bludgeon them with a hammer, a ball peen hammer. And then yeah. he would mutilate their intimate parts using a variety of tools, including a sharpened screwdriver. Imagine just being at home on like a quiet Friday night and you're like, you're staying awake because you're a henpecked husband. So you're down in like the basement or you're up in the attic or you're out in the shed and you're just sharpening your screwdriver because you're going to get ultimate And just whacking them across the head with a hammer. Uh, but the yeah. thing that's interesting about the Yorkshire Ripper, and I'm sure a lot of people who live in the north of England, their parents would probably remember this. But they said you had to, when I, I was reading this article about a guy who wrote a, a biography on him. He says you had to live in the north of England during the 70s and 80s to fully understand the sheer terror that he instilled. So, and what a shithole it all was as well. It's all like 
Well, oh, yeah, late seventies. That he's yeah, that he's prowling through. And could you but imagine what these hookers mom, look like? Well, they're all fucking ugly. Have you seen pictures of them? Oh, yeah. None of them are Hideous. what you would call lookers. But my mum had said that there was a kind of a big outcry because they told the women. They said to the women, "Don't go out." And is it? There was like a big outcry because the pursuers during like feminism times as well. It's oh, yeah. like why? Why should the women be locked up? Why should it not be the fucking men who are locked up? It's the men who are doing damage, not the women. So that's why women still continue to go out to the pubs, and it wasn't as like it was a very big like kind of social. Well, as but well. at the same time though, during that time, there was schools were offering self defense classes for girls. Uh, feminist groups yeah. went on Catch the Ripper marches. Um, mm-hmm. They protested cinemas. Uh, there were pepper sprays and sharpened nail files and handbags. Um, a lot of the pubs Good. and discos were deserted at the time because of the uh, hysteria. I mean, it definitely was it all over the media. stopped people shagging. It definitely stopped people shagging. What's another interesting fact about him is, uh, is what, what caused, like, where was the origin of this hatred? Uh, for prostitutes. And there's a couple different theories about where it stemmed from. Um, one of the first theories was it stemmed from his father or in his mother. So his father, John Sutcliffe, was notorious for, uh, I like this quote, mauling the young girls his older brothers brought home. And he openly mm-hmm. boasted of all the one night stands and affairs he had to his sons. Like his dad was some like big tough guy. Um, Stand up guy. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. was mean too. He ruled the house with an iron rod. Um, and so his wife, Kathleen, this is um, Peter Sutcliffe's mother, she was tired of his cheating and his frequent absences, so she ended up having an affair with a police sergeant. Now, somehow, the father, John, found out about um, his, uh, the, his wife's affair, and so he came up with a plan to humiliate her. And just listen to how devious this is. So... Pretending to be her lover, like he put on a fake, he must have known the accent of this police sergeant. He phoned yeah. her, he phoned his wife and invited her to spend a romantic night with him at a hotel, reminding her to bring something nice to wear in bed. And when she arrived for the rendezvous at the hotel, she was horrified to not only be confronted by her husband, who immediately snatched her bag and pulled out the negligee that she had brought, but all of her children who he brought with him oh. so they could see what kind of woman their, their mother was. And see, this is why it's terrible. he should not do, like, Thanksgiving or Christmas because he could always turn out to be something like this. Well, that's, like, but that's kind gonna, of the charm. We're going to prank, yeah, the charm. That is kind of the charm. I, you've probably never experienced this, but that was one of my favorite things. My family didn't really, I mean, obviously, long, long story, but my family didn't really do, like, big Thanksgivings and obviously not Christmas. But I've had to deal with, like, ex-girlfriends and going to their family events and i would say nine times out of ten people get drunk and then they start just mouthing off to their family my one ex heather her family would get into like fist fights and that was my favorite really? part of the evening oh yeah as i say that that would be entertaining nowadays with mobile phones you'd be throwing that up on the internet Oh for, oh, for sure. Even back then, this was like probably 2006, people would record it. It was inevitable. Yeah. Like uh, I had talked about it on the show before, but you know, you, it's kind of a tinderbox in a sense. It's like you, you don't really communicate with these people maybe once every six months, and now you're forced to hang out. Then you start getting drunk, and that's when the resentment you know, appears. And that's when Comes the fighting out. starts. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's, mm. it, it is the one Imagine thing that makes it worthwhile. This. 
Imagine yeah. being like this much of like a daddy mastermind. But then like if my dad turned to me and said, even though it was my dad who had affairs, if he turned to me and said, your mother's having an affair and we're going to capture out, I'd be like, I don't really want to be embroiled in this situation, dad. It's okay. Like, I don't want to come well, to a I hotel would be room like, with you. Wouldn't you be like, what, you're a fucking hypocrite because you do the same thing. Yeah, and I bet his dad probably fucking did as well. I mean, isn't that Sutcliffe's Sutcliffe's dad had many mistresses. So it's like the fact that he found out that his wife had one, one affair. That's why he had to humiliate Mm -hmm. her in front of his children. Now, the problem is Peter Sutcliffe was the total mommy's boy, loved his mom. Mm -hmm. And so this ordeal had a devastating effect, not only on the family, but definitely on Peter Sutcliffe, who was horrified, who his mother, who he always held in like the highest esteem, could be having an extramarital affair. So, I mean... People say that might have led him to, to led to his hatred of women, and act mm-hmm. you know in, in an act of vengeance to get back at just women in general. Is that the reason he murdered prostitutes in such a vicious manner? I don't know. The other thing is uh, people say he heard divine voices that told him to kill. They always say this. Yeah. Well, yeah, but in college, he ended up dating this woman named Sonia, who is from the Czech Republic. She's a curious curious creature you know she stayed with she him is. like she stayed mm-hmm. with him until she she did divorce him like 13 years i think after he was in prison but still visited him every year it's crazy yeah um so she be, she became as she was his eventual and uh, curiously devoted wife but she cheated on him when they first got together in college and so determined to level the score with her he went out and got a prostitute and this is kind of atypical for Sutcliffe. He never really frequented mm-hmm. the hookers. I think a lot of his friends did, and he like knew people that did, but he never really did it. But this time he was like, I'm going to go cheat on her right now. So he went out and got a prostitute. See how she likes it. Yeah. He agreed to pay her five pounds for sex in her squalid flat. But as she undressed, he said he felt nauseated and called off the transaction. He said he'd still give her you know, the five quid, but he didn't want to go through with it. So he gave her a 10 quid note and asked for his change. Um, <laughs> she said she'd have to change the note. So he drove her over to a garage. But when he got there, he was confronted by two burly men who uh, banged on the roof of his car and said, you got to you know, bugger off or take a beating. So he left yeah. empty handed. And he was really upset about that. So a few days later, he saw the woman, the prostitute in the pub, and he demanded his five quid back. She was surrounded by her friends, and they all just started laughing at him. And soon he was being mocked by everyone in the room at the oh, pub. Oh, yeah, because he couldn't, couldn't get it up. And he left the pub humiliated, outraged, and embarrassed. Crying. With a deep-seated mm-hmm. hatred. And so a lot, of, you know, a lot of people, a lot of um, biographers feel that this was uh, when he like, really started blaming prostitutes for his problem. The it's, turning point. Well, Sutcliffe yeah. said, he told psychiatrists... You know, that uh, it was at this point, he was a grave digger. You know, he worked then when he was young. as a, He worked mm-hmm. twice, actually. Two separate occasions, he worked as a grave digger. And during this period is when he got the prostitute. And uh, supposedly, he was uh, working. He heard a voice coming from a grave, the headstone of a Polish man named Bronislaw Sapolsky. And it was the voice of God, or at least that's what he thought. And this mm-hmm. voice said, you need to kill prostitutes. Have I told you that that is my dream job? Not killing prostitutes. Killing prostitutes? (laughs) 
<laughs> not killing prostitutes. Being a grave digger, I think it would be a great job. You get to be outside, you get left alone. Nowadays, you have a machine to do it, so it's not Yeah, I don't think you're using, like, a shovel. No, not anymore. Um, and, like, you know, it's a council job, so you probably, you know, you're employed for a long time. I would love to be a grave digger. I think it'd be a great job. You can probably just put your headphones in and, like, just say, you know, listen to podcasts, crack on with it. Great just job. Just digging graves, yeah? Seems like it'd be kind just of Just digging, you know, just being like, here I am, like, 12 feet deep. Because if you've got a double grave, you have to go down 12 feet. I doubt I there's much money in it. It's a council job. So Yeah, like, but I mean, what's, that? what's a council like, job? Like, is that, like, like, a city job? Yeah, you're working for, like, the council. So, like, they basically, you'll have to, like... Be, if you're going to get fired, you have to be really fired. Yeah, but I mean, how much do you make? Do you mm. make like a hundred grand a year? No, but I mean, it, the perks will be worth it because you're outside, you're just digging holes. Like, <laughs> it's no stress, isn't it? It's no stress in this job. It's good to be you're challenged by your career. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be a grave digger. I would also love, my other job would be like in, I don't know if it's the same in America, but over here, usually on the sites of all graveyards, there's a house. And it's kind of like they, the people who rent these houses off the council, it's their job to like, they tend to the graveyard and they'll open and close the gates. And twice a day, they'll do a walk around. And if there's anything amiss, they'll notice it. But I would love that job. I would love to have a house inside a graveyard. I don't think the grave diggers get the house. You got to probably be like the no, caretaker no, no. of the graveyard. Yeah, that's like that would be my ultimate dream job is to be like a graveyard caretaker. Well, I would Wouldn't totally it be a lovely job. Oh, yeah, I think it'd be great. I would totally start wearing like black robes. So and you kind of well, like speak like do. lurch. And just like slowly this. open the yeah. gates. Yes. Hello. Come in. Come on. Let me yeah. show you the grave. That'd be great. You know, you you've got have no this, like, neighbors to worry about. Yeah, no neighbors to worry about. You're just like living in a graveyard. Like, Plenty, can you imagine and, like the... Well, oh, I want this job. Think about this. All those fresh corpses to violate. Like all those fresh mm. corpses. Oh Are my God. Yeah, you're thing? right. It's a dream. Definitely a dream. Well, uh, Peter Sutcliffe enjoyed the job. He did it twice. And uh, yeah, he felt like the voices that he heard, you know, encouraged him to kill prostitutes. So people say that's the turning point. Um, the other thing is uh, he hated STDs, a pathological hatred of sexually transmitted well, yeah, diseases. No one likes an STD. No one goes, oh, yay, I've got chlamydia. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, they say he was obsessed with it. And I guess, like, as a kid, he would go to a local wax museum and was fascinated by the effects of all the different sexually transmitted diseases on the human body and how these mm -hmm. afflictions cause pain and misery to the sufferers. But he was also, like, deathly afraid of, uh, of ever catching one. And uh, according to, you know, this biographer, he contracted an STD from a prostitute that he had seen later on. And this is what inspired, to, inspired him to go on his killing spree. I don't know. Oh, that was the real turning point. Yeah. Well, so so who but, knows? So was it the father? Mm -hmm. Was it the prosty who ripped him off? Was it the STDs? Was it the divine voices coming from this Pollock's head <laughs> headstone? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I you know what I think it was? I think it was the his uh, paranoid schizophrenia that he was diagnosed with. You know. I think it also was probably that, and all and uh, you know his wife probably. I'm gonna blame well, the wife. Who is also <laughs> she was also Sonia. schizophrenic. 
Yeah, Sonia is off her fucking nut. Yeah, they both were fucking schizophrenic. So Sutcliffe ended up being diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, obviously playing a role in the murderous atrocities. Um, but yeah, he spent 30 years at Broadmoor Hospital, which is like, you know, one of the most notorious uh, psychiatric hospitals for the criminally insane the in England. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the craze were there. Bronson was there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, from what I read, he wasn't very popular with his fellow inmates. Um, he was assaulted, seriously assaulted, four times since he was serving time there. Um, Have you seen those pictures of his scars that he received? That in his face? A beating? Yeah, they're not, they are scars, aren't they? You see, like, the way that the doctors were like, we don't give a shit how you look, and they've just stapled him back together. Really, really gnarly. Uh, yeah, it was we'll saying post, here... We'll post them somewhere so you can see them. Mm-hmm. In a Parkhurst prison, which is the first prison he was incarcerated in, 1983. Parkhurst. Parkhurst. Par- oh, Parkhurst. Yeah, Parkhurst. Read that wrong. Mm-hmm. James Costello, another inmate, stabbed him in the face multiple times, causing 30 stitches. Um, another guy Crazy. in Broadmoor, he was stabbed twice in Broadmoor. Ian McKay, a fellow patient, stabbed him 10 times in the eye with a pen. And he was blinded Ugh. in the left eye with Ugh. severe damage in the other. 10 years later, 2007, he was attacked by another inmate who uh, also used a pen to stab him in his working eye, trying to Ugh. completely blind him. Yeah, no one, no yeah. one liked the Yorkshire Ripper. <laughs> Well, he's also one of these types of people that if you're in, like, say if you're in San Quentin with Charles Manson at the yeah, same time. notoriety. And you're just kind of like a rookie with no, with nothing to your name. You're going to go for these people because you can make a name for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Well, taking down. Yeah. Typically, they, I think here they isolate this. They separate like the, you know, the yeah. targets like that in a separate unit. They do I over think, here as well. Do they do that? They, they keep them... Away from the general They do, pop. but there's always opportunities. There's always opportunities. Well, like Dahmer. Like, That's all you got to do. I mean, yeah. Dahmer was bludgeoned to death. Like, he was a target. Mm-hmm. There's a, all you've got in prison is time. And all you've got is to sit and watch other people. And you will find an in to get at these other people. You know, I'm surprised Jared from Subway hasn't been taken out yet. I know he's been beaten a few <laughs> times, but I'm surprised no one's been like, I just killed that motherfucker. <laughs> You know, how many foot longs do I get? He's not worth it. Yeah, he's not worth it. He's not worth it. Actually, mm-hmm. now that I think about it, I'm sure Jared's had a few foot longs so far in prison. Hey! But I'm bummed. <laughs> My favorite thing about the Yorkshire Ripper, by far, this is the best fact that I've read about the guy. He wore a special outfit for raping women. So he had a rape thank outfit. You. Yeah. A rape yeah, costume. Yeah, thank you for mentioning this. His underwear. <laughs> I was waiting for you to mention this. It's my thank favorite you. thing. So this came out at the after he was stopped when he was finally busted in January 1981. He's 35 years old. He was stopped by police with a sex worker. And they thought the officers mm-hmm. looked at him. They're like, oh, he looks really similar to uh, the composite sketches that some of the surviving victims had the Yorkshire Ripper. So they arrested him. And... Uh, then uh, when, once he was back at the station, they, caused, they had him undress. They found this bizarre outfit that he was wearing <laughs> under his pants. And what it was, was a V-neck sweater that he wore upside down, like on his legs. <laughs> so it's like, so his crotch was exposed through the V-neck opening while his legs were covered. So he was wearing pants. And underneath the pants, he was wearing a V-neck sweater upside down. 
don't don't you wear that anyways? I do. All men do. So this would allow, if you think about it, it's kind of like very MacGyver-esque in a way. I mean, he, <laughs> this would allow him to rape women on the ground without risking injury to his knees because the sweater oh, had elbow pads. Knees. Well, the sweater <laughs> had elbow pads. So it's like, it's just amazing to me that some people would be like, you know, that's a stylish sweater. It's got elbow pads, got a V-neck. Whereas he's like, that's my rape costume. <laughs> you know, it's like, a, it's yeah. kind of a genius in a way. Um, I wonder if you I could buy you the sweater. I was about to say, I bet you Sonia bought that jumper for him for Christmas. And she's like, you never, you never <laughs> wear that sweater. I bought you, uh, Peter. Like, where is the sweater? And he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I wear it. <laughs> I bet she's like, you have no idea. Option. Wink, wink. And no then idea. there's a laugh track. Um, <laughs> Sonia, though. Peter and Sonia, sure. Yeah. Sonia, I'm sure, did buy him probably several of those rape costumes because, you know, she, even till the very end, still could not believe that he was the the killer. And so when he was finally busted, because, um, you know, he only had sex where he admitted to having sex with only one of his victims, an 18-year-old woman named Helen Ritka, who is from Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. he, he sure. tried to deny it. But they actually found his semen in her, so it's kind of hard to uh, deny that. But wasn't he a non-secreter? Well, not in Helen. Helen, had I think some he was. Yeah. Well, no, that that's probably how they matched him up because I think he was a non-secreter. So he was like jizzing all these women, but he wasn't leaving, uh, like you know, DNA in his sperm. Yeah, you know, yeah, surprisingly. He uh, didn't really like Sonia was interviewed saying that he didn't come home with like bloody outfits. He always did his own wash. You know, I think he ra- mm. he washed his own rape suits. So, I mean, mm. she never really knew about it. But when police finally like, you know, during the trial came out that, you know, he had sex with Helen and they found the semen and he claimed it was a purely mechanical act intended to silence her as she lay dying. But um, <laughs> the explanation didn't really pacify Sonia because the police took her to the police station so he could reveal his secret to her personally, which is crazy. I think that was, I think that was part of his plea deal though. I think he said to the police, I'm going to reveal everything if um, I can tell Sonia. If he tells wife. So when she showed up, she goes, what is going, what on earth is going on, Peter? And he said, it's all those women. I've killed all those women. It's me. I'm the Yorkshire Ripper. And then her response is crazy. She goes, what on earth did you do that for? Even a sparrow has the right to live, which is such a weird Even thing to a say. Even a sparrow has the right <laughs> to live, Peter. Why you do this? Why you be Yorkshire Ripper? We have lovely home in shithole Leeds. Yeah, it's crazy. You ruin so, it for us, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, after uh, thirteen years, you know, for thirteen years she didn't divorce him, though she eventually did. So thirteen years after he was arrested. And in prison, mm. she eventually remarried to a hairdresser. And she still lived in the same house that, they, that she and Sutcliffe shared. However, her she husband, well, her husband was like, I'm not going to sleep in the same bed as the Yorkshire Ripper. So he actually <laughs> moved to a nearby flat. So he lived in two different homes. Yeah, that would well, be a little I'd weird. I'd be sleeping in the same bed. I'd, I'd be like, fuck yeah, this is the Yorkshire Ripper's house, mate. Like, can we do something to like, monetize this? I think I would be somewhere. like... I think I'd be like, that's a great V-neck sweater. Can I try it on and see if it fits? <laughs> no, don't don't put it on your chest. Put it on your groin. That is how it is meant to be worn. <laughs> that sweater is not for you. 
So uh, <laughs> but she, she stayed with him. Like uh, she would visit him over the 35 years as regularly as possible, making a 450 mm-hmm. mile round trip to Broadmoor where she would hold Jesus. his hand. They'd have intimate mm-hmm. conversations. It's crazy. But she was a schizophrenic yeah. too. So I mean, maybe yeah, that makes she's sense. Also yeah, I think mm. she's pretty insane. But yeah, so what I mentioned before, like one of the reasons why he was able to evade arrest, arrest for so long is because it was just utter incompetence by the police in, uh, in the northern <laughs> UK. I mean, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of mind-blowing. In fact, it changed the way you know, the police do investigations from this. Um, You'd like to think it did. Well, <laughs> find out on this week's Overkill. <laughs> and there's been many documentaries, and uh, investigators led to their, you know, investigators stuck stubbornly to their theories. They missed key leads, they ignored contradictory evidence, and they wasted time because of this hoax in the hunt for the for the killer. And so, uh, Sutcliffe was actually interviewed nine times throughout the duration of this mm-hmm. investigation. Um, and he even said, he goes, it was a miracle. They didn't apprehend me earlier. I mean, they had all the facts and yeah, that's true. I mean, the police had just an, they were overwhelmed with information to be honest, but they had just like a surplus of information about the guy. They even had this card system that they created to like keep track of all the, you know, the tips and all the, uh, the information yeah. they were getting, but it was improperly cross-referenced. Key facts are misplaced details about his appearance, uh, such as, you know, he had a gap in his teeth. He also had size seven feet, which you know what that means mm-hmm. for a man. Those petite are petite feet. feet. Those are definitely <laughs> petite feet. He was a man with petite feet. Um, during one of the interviews he had with officers, they showed him a picture of the Yorkshire Ripper's boot print that was near a body. But they didn't realize that he was actually wearing those boots while they were interviewing him. <laughs> that's, what, that's what blows my mind about this thing. It's like, who was in charge of the investigation? Mr. Bean? Like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. Mr. Bean. You, know? you are like, I think you're placing kind of undue pressure there because you're thinking, this is back in the 1970s, okay? There was like no computers. This is all like human, yeah, human error. Human error. And, and also like eyewitness accounts count fucking nothing. Eyewitness accounts mean jack shit. So yeah, things are going to get misplaced and... People also really kind of didn't give a shit about him because he was killing prostitutes up until he started killing real people. Yeah, but, real but the thing is, though, he took very little precautions to try to evade arrest or conceal his appearance mm-hmm. or anything. Like, and several of the victims survived his attacks. And like one of them, yeah. an eyewitness, survived being hit in the head with a hammer, Marcella Claxton. She was able to help police produce a, an image that was completely accurate of what this guy looked like, but her testimony was, was discounted because police said she couldn't be a ripper victim. She's not a prostitute as all the rest of yeah. his victims were. So they're just like, yeah, who cares? You know? They, uh, yeah. There was like, at this time as well, there's like no funding going to the police. I'm not defending the police, fuck the police. But there was also no funding going into the ripper investigation. It was nothing to do with Well, that. it did after so, Margaret Thatcher got involved, the Iron Lady. Oh, she the, was so disgusted. Lady. She was so mm-hmm. disgusted by West Yorkshire's police failure to catch the most notorious killer since the Moors murderers that she was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to take personal charge of this investigation. But uh, mm-hmm. apparently she was dissuaded by her home secretary, Willie Whitelaw, who said, you know, your reputation could be ruined if you're involved in this uh, 
you know, inquiry mm-hmm. that became a national scandal. So she kind Your of stepped reputation back. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, this was like such an embarrassment to the police, but the worst blunder, the worst one of all of it, all the, you know, the facts that they missed and the composite sketches that they totally ignored, um, the testimony that they just, you know, completely discounted. The worst blunder came in 1979. When Constable, the Assistant Chief Constable, George Oldfield of the West, West Yorkshire Police, who was in, he was in charge of the entire investigation, he was hoodwinked by Wearside Jack. <laughs> and this, was, this is kind of crazy. It's, one of, it's considered one of criminal history's cruelest hoaxes. Because, I mean, it led to, because of this, police were thrown off investigation. It people allowed, died. Yeah, it allowed Sutcliffe to keep killing people. I mean, Sutcliffe was like, oh, this is great. You know, he's like, I could just keep on killing. Don't even have to change my outfit. Still wear my rape suit. (laughs) Um, But this guy, so in this host, a man named John Humble, Wearside Jack is what they called him. He tricked police into believing that he was a serial killer. And he spoke with a gruff Sunderland accent. So where's Sunderland? Where's that from? It's um, it's just it's just down the road from Newcastle and it's shithole. But how far is that from, I guess, Yorkshire, Leeds? It's in a whole other county. So it's like the across the country, like all they're the They're close. They're, yeah, they're like um, they're neighbors, but it's like a whole other county. But, um, yeah. So Humble here delighted in taunting the press and detectives with many letters. He sent three letters. He also sent an infamous tape, which I'll play in a second. But the first letter arrived March 1978, postmarked in Sunderland, written in appalling grammar, and signed Jack the Ripper. <laughs> And it had details of the murders that, you know, Oldfield felt could only be known to the real murderer. However, it was later found out that uh, there are a lot of facts that were omitted. Um, the writer mentioned killing prostitute Joan Harrison. And, uh, you know, police felt that, you know, she was probably a ripper victim. And they're working uh, behind the scenes with the Lancashire counterparts to try to figure this out. Um, but Oldfield was convinced that this link had never been made public. However, later it was proven that if you just look through newspaper cuttings, it was really easy to find out this woman's name and make connections with this murder. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think they just, it was just part of this investigation that they just were so stubborn that they had, that, that they didn't, they wanted mm. to stick to their theories. Um, so even though women were like Peter Sutcliffe's attacks and his remarks and what he was, when they were talking to him, the ones that survived said he is definitely a local with a Leeds accent, mm-hmm. a Yorkshire accent. They still were like, no, he's from Sunderland. And then what proved it is when they received this tape in 1979. So um, Humble sent a tape to George Oldfield saying, I'm Jack. And here's a, here's a recording from it. You can, Kind of hard to make out. I can, I'm I have difficulty making out his his accent. I might have to just cipher it for you. I'll tell you what you say. All saying. right, here we go. I'm Jack. I see you are still having no luck catching me. I have the greatest respect for you, George. Good Lord, you are no nearer catching me now than four years ago when I started. I reckon your boys are letting you down, George. Like, would you, is, it, is that like a very Sunderland accent? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. If, so if you had eyewitness. I'd be like, that's Geordie. But if you had like yeah. survivors saying like, no, that doesn't sound like his accent to me. Wouldn't you be like, all right, mm-hmm. maybe this is a hoax? Well, yeah. Nowadays, I think you would give a much more 
like credence to that. But it was, yeah, go on. It was the 70s. Players. Can't be much good, can they? The only time they came near catching me was a few months back in Chapel Town when I was disturbed. I warned you in March that I'd stray again. Sorry it wasn't Bradford. I'm not quite sure when I'd stray again. But it will be definitely sometime this year. I'm not sure where. Maybe Manchester. I like it there. There's plenty of them knocking about. Plenty of what? Plenty of, yeah, play that again. I couldn't hear. He said, like, plenty of men knocking about? Plenty of them knocking about. Plenty of them. They knocking. never learn, do them. they, George? Yeah, them. I bet you've warned them, but they never listen. Well, it's been nice chatting to you, George. George, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Jack the Ripper. Um, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, so, there, the Ripper. so he sends this tape to Oldfield. Saying I'm Jack mm-hmm. in a thick, uh, how do you say, weir side? Weir side? Sunderland. He's got a Sunderland accent. Yeah, weir side. Weir side, yeah. yeah. But I mean, he says, he's like, you know, I have the greatest respect for you, George. But, you know, it's been more than four years, and I reckon your boys are letting you down, George. You can't be much good, can you? Just taunting him completely. Um, well, after four years of investigating as well, and if you've kind of got, you've got so many different leads, you are going to latch on to something like this and become, like, obsessed with it. I think you would. And also because oh, the coppers up here. Well, I think they're, they're being pressured. Uh, I definitely think they're being pressured. Pressured. The Margaret Thatcher's getting on board. Like, you've already not got the biggest fucking but brains. You still, yeah, years. that's true. I, mean, I, yeah. I still think you need to be critical, though. But the, the best part about mm. it is he signed off, which you, which is not in the uh, recording that I just played, but at the end of it, he signs off saying, nice chatting to you, George. And he played Oldfield a jaunty pop song by Andrew Gold, which is going to be our sick and wrong song of the week. Not going to reveal it yet, but I do <laughs> think you're going to recognize it. But we're going to play it at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, this ruse hijacked this, you know, cumbersome investigation that obviously was failing. And uh, the police chief then had millions of TV viewers because they played the tape on the news. And he mm-hmm. convinced them that it was genuine. And voice experts then narrowed it, the man's accent down to a small area of Sunderland. And they spent all of their resources trying to investigate this area. So even though a Sunderland-based detective named David Zacherson, he put a nine-page report together saying that here's all the errors in the sender's arithmetic concerning the number of murders that he claimed to have committed. Mm-hmm. Um, he also studied the goading letters penned by the original Jack the Ripper in the 19th century, and he highlighted the similar use of phraseology. So this guy just plagiarized Jack the Ripper in these letters. Um, he also said that this supposedly inside information that Oldfield was like, oh, it's got to be the killer, could have been contained by several different newspapers. But Oldfield, you know what? Didn't he, he dismissed yeah. it? He wasn't even sufficient enough to to, to persuade him to like stop you know his tactics here you know what this investigation needed this investigation needed dave's girlfriend who found out where my accent was from oh yeah they just needed they just needed her to just roll in and she would have solved it within like two hours but would she have been able to do without the internet that's what i wonder i i would like to say yes (laughs) she's hyper intelligent 
She's too good for Dave. She does have the gumption. She has the gumption. I think she could have she done She has it. gumption. You can get anywhere in life with gumption, which none of these police people have, apart from this Sunderland guy. Well, George He's Oldfield, like, yeah, though. Yeah, fuck it. It's fake. Josh, you know, every time you keep saying Oldfield, do you know who Mike Oldfield is? No, who's that? Is that his son? He's like a fucking house DJ. All I can think of every time you think of it is ecstasy. And I just keep thinking of like dancing away. You're just like sitting, oh, we're talking not? about murders and a botch investigation. You're sitting here thinking, look, I'm just going to drop no. some ecstasy. Some See Mitsubishi's right now, and... Mike fucking Oldfield. Yeah, I wonder if they're related. I would love it if they were related. That'd be, that'd be hilarious oh, if it was the... like his son. Yeah, a lot of um, British people my age will be like, Mike fucking Oldfield. They'll remember. They know. Now, George Oldfield, though, on the other hand, I keep thinking like, oh. when I picture him, I, I keep thinking of like George C. Scott. I don't know why. Like, he was Who's a hardworking. That? You know, George C. Scott was, you know, he was in Exorcist 3. He was in uh, uh, countless movies. He's an old old actor. I love Ex- Exorcist 3, which is he also. Was, yeah, he was the detective in Exorcist 3. He was great. You know, that's, he was, that's Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite film. Not surprised. It's a good movie. Um, fucking great movie. George Oldfield was a hardworking, old-fashioned copper with a fearsome temper and an obsessive drive to solve every crime. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he had a crazy work ethic, and you know, he was—he had his men working like countless hours to try to figure this out. And so when you know, when he told everybody that Wearside Jack was their man, he didn't want to lose face, you know. And I think that's why he didn't—he didn't want to admit that he was taken in by a hoaxer. So for two years. Police discounted any suspect who didn't who did not speak with a Sunderland accent, including Sutcliffe, including Sutcliffe, (laughs) who they interviewed at that time. They had a one million pound publicity campaign, played the tape at factories, bingo halls, pubs, clubs, sporting events. And, you know, they had like billboards across. Yeah, billboards. I have actually a picture of the billboard that I'm going to post on the site. But during this time, Sutcliffe went on to murder three more women, you know. (laughs) And he was even yeah, interviewed like, four times during this, but they're like, ah, you don't have the right accent. You know? <laughs> but he loved it. But he was so, in- he probably had his like V-neck sweater on underneath and he was like, I'm not your guy. Got a Yorkshire accent. But during this period, even though Humble kind of led police on this wild goose chase, Sutcliffe was eventually caught in the red light area of Sheffield with a prostitute in his car in 1981. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about this, so uh, during this time, you know, after... You know, Oldfield was, was incredibly embarrassed. He ended up having to resign because of it. And uh, mm-hmm. I think he had a heart attack he, shortly thereafter. Yeah, he died not long after. I think he died 18, within 18 months he was dead. And they yeah, said but it, was it sucks though because it, you know, he, yeah. it totally just, uh, you know, mires his whole legacy. But years later, almost like 30 years later, DNA, a DNA match led to the arrest of the actual hoaxer, the real Wearside Jack named John Humble. And so it's, it's crazy that they, you know, were like, ah, DNA technology came out, you know, started em- mm-hmm. emerging. And so in 2005, they reinvestigated some of the evidence from the Yorkshire Ripper crime. And so they took, they took a small piece of the gum seal from one of the envelopes that had a letter, you know, the, the letter, the hoax letters. Yeah. And uh, they, they, you know, ran it through DNA and they did DNA testing and uh, I guess during this period in 2001, Humble, Joe, uh, John Humble, was arrested for being drunk and disorderly. He was like a local mm-hmm. drunk, chronic mm-hmm. alcoholic. 
Uh, but they said the odds from they, his DNA match came up and the odds were so high that it was um, that it's totally indicated like 99 percent that he was the culprit. And so they yeah. they found him at the time. It's 2005. He was living on the Ford estate in Sunderland. Is that like a council home? Sounds Probably. like it. Um, and he, he was arrested October 18th, 2005. Uh, he was an unemployed laborer at the time of his arrest. And he and his brother were so drunk that police had to wait a day before he could actually interview him because he couldn't even speak. You know, once he was, he was in custody. <laughs> We've all been there, Jack. <laughs> so, uh, We've all done that. During yeah. the trial, it emerged that Humble was motivated by a wish for notoriety. Uh, he had a hatred of police, and he had a fixation with Jack the Ripper. Um, and I guess his contempt for police dated back to 1975 when he was in prison for assaulting an off-duty police officer <laughs> and then having to serve time for that. And then also, I guess he was convicted for uh, burglary and theft around that time, too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he loved uh, Jack the Ripper. He had a complete a preoccupation with the Whitechapel murders. And so that's why he just plagiarized, you know, full phrases from this. The letters. Which, yeah, the letters that, uh, that Jack wrote. And so before Sutcliffe was actually arrested, it came out during the trial that Humble phoned the police twice because he felt guilty for misleading the investigation. And he said... It's a hoax. Don't listen to the tape. It's all a lie. And uh, police just discounted it. They didn't oh even <laughs> they didn't put I any didn't stock in it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. One one call uh, was was the police on 1979, uh, September 14th, 1979, 12 days after Barbara Leach was killed. But before she was mm -hmm. the first of the victims that were killed during the hoax period. So, I mean, had they, had they called it off and looked for somebody in the Yorkshire area, they might have saved two other lives, you know? Yeah. Um, the prosecution claimed that Humble did not acknowledge his direct responsibility despite, you know, these uh, phone calls. However, the defense said that uh, Humble, you know, was, uh, was aggrieved by, uh, by and, 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 and felt so much guilt from having misleading this investigation, he tried to take his own life in November 1979. He actually jumped off a bridge on the 90-foot bridge over the River Ware. Yeah, but instead of dying, he landed on a boat. And uh, he ended the up River having... Weir. <laughs> River River Weir. Weir. Yeah, and like Weir. Bob Weir. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, you know, he had to be... He was nursed back to health, and he spent, underwent some psychiatric I treatment. Imagine doing that, being like, all right, I'm going to kill myself. You can see fucking boats, you dickhead. This guy is not a hyper intelligence. No, I mean, he was a complete alcoholic. Me, yeah, something tells me that he has just crawled out the primordial ooze. I mean, he's Barney from The Simpsons, you know, essentially. Yeah. Uh, then that's kind yeah. of what the defense said. You know, he had an inadequate life. Uh, he had been driven by this guilt, this, this overwhelming guilt to alcoholism. And uh, so anyway, 2006, March 21st, he was sentenced to eight years in prison. But he only served like three years. He was released in 2009. And when he was yeah, released, well, he, yep, he, he was given a new identity. John Samuel was Anderson. He? Yeah. Well, that's not new if we know his name. Well, I mean, now it comes out. But I think he was only served three years and given a new mm. identity. Uh, and it turns out, only a year ago, August 20th, 2019, uh, it was reported that Northumbria police said that Humble <laughs> died in his home in South Shields 
from heart failure and the effects of alcoholism. There's a very, very good chippy in South Shields. I'm going to shout out South Shields just for that. Very good chip <laughs> shop. It's very old. It's from like 1908. Everyone knows which one I'm talking about. It's the blue and white logo. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, um, back to Peter Sutcliffe. His final murder took place November 17th, 1980, uh, when he murdered a 20-year-old victim named Jacqueline Hill. And then on a chance mm. encounter... You know, a couple months later, in 1981, January 2nd, a policeman spotted a man that looked that looked like him with a prostitute, and uh, they stopped him and arrested him, and uh, they ended up finding like a hammer and a screwdriver, and then when they took him in, they found his rape costume, which I wonder if they, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I wonder who owns that now, you know? Um, yeah, that would have been a fun day down the police office taking pictures of that. We're like, don't see this every day, Pete, do we? You <laughs> Show know, us more of your V-neck. During uh, Humble's trial, people asked Sutcliffe about the weird side Jack hoax. And he said, you know, while that was going on, I felt really safe. I'm not a Geordie. I was born <laughs> at Shipley. That's me. I'm not fucking from Northumberland. I'm not from Carlisle. Yeah. So if you think about it, I don't think the English are all that good at determining accents. I think they think they are, but I don't think they really yeah. know what their countrymen sound like. I question their ability. Only one person all- out of all our listeners could pinpoint yours. But it is different because I am from a very shithole town. If you were to start saying shithole town names in like michigan to me like what what's a bay city accent sound like i don't know i don't think it sounds any different than a saginaw accent or i mean i guess maybe people in the upper peninsula of michigan sound more like Mm -hmm. you know minnesota type but i mean it's it's barely discernible Mm -hmm. whereas i mean maybe there's just so many dialects on the island you know maybe but a sunderland accent is vastly different to a yorkshire accent and yeah, it was all it was all bad. This Peter Sutcliffe got to kill, got to yeah. kill more people, more victims because, because of this. It is yeah. One of the rippers, the sons of one of the rippers' victims today said he was glad COVID produced one happy ending after the monster died in the hospital. Mm-hmm. He said, "Good mm-hmm. riddance. Who'd have thought the coronavirus could produce something something happy?" Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go. The monster went to his grave without ever apologizing for any of his gruesome crimes. So there you go. I do want to say that I admire that about him, but I do kind of admire that because if you're going to be a fucking killer, be a killer until the very end. Don't be doing like, you know, jailhouse confessions. Don't be doing jailhouse like, you know, I'm a Christian now and I'm going to go to the grave a good person. Peter Sutcliffe never fucking changed. No, he he? he definitely didn't. He was never rehabilitated. It goes to prove that you can be evil fuck. And that's exactly what he was. <laughs> People, this is episode 766 here, Sick and Wrong. We have some news stories coming up next. We have phone calls a little later in the show. But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Hello, Sick and Wrong patrons. In case you haven't noticed, and judging by the numbers you haven't, Sick and Wrong has their very own Patreon page, where you can find outtakes, extra stories, extra phone calls, and a whole lot more. These guys are putting out at least another hour to a week of additional content. To put it in perspective, here are some things that are more expensive than a $5 a month membership on Patreon. A pack of smokes. A value meal at any drive-thru. One $6 whore. Three $2 whores. 
a $10 crack rock, a six-pack of beer, a beer at pretty much any club, one movie ticket, two joints, and two gallons of petrol. Hell, when you break it up, it costs less than 17 cents a day, and that's cheaper than feeding a starving African child. So sign up and help these Jews continue to craft the fine podcast we all enjoy so much today. So first news story we have here uh, is another one that happened in Vegas. Las Vegas. That's like the fucked up news it's central. It's the Gretna Green. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the, the Gretna Green of America. <laughs> the Gretna Green. But it is also kind of like a focal point for just fucked up news. Kind of like Florida. Mm-hmm. I guess it's our Florida. The west side Florida. A Las Vegas man reportedly sacrificed animals as part of a curse that he put on sex workers. Poor sex workers. Not only do they have to like suck cock, like disgusting syphilitic cocks for money, now they have to deal with fucking pimps that are putting curses on them. Now they have to watch cocks be uh, sacrificed. Yeah, for literally. Cock. Yeah. So a Las Vegas man known as the Godfather has admitted to sacrificing chickens and doves at a brothel where the alleged madam threatened to put curses on sex workers who tried to leave. Mm-hmm. Weren't you saying, was that on the outtakes on Patreon, that you think Godfather 3 is the best Godfather movie? Yes, Godfather 3 is the best. Me and Jeffrey. Yeah, my brother. My brother feels this way too. We're going to sit in his flat and we're going to watch Godfather 3 together and talk about how right we are. It is the best Godfather. Keep in mind, my brother's favorite movie <laughs> is Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> is it? Yes. You know it's a really funny movie, Son of Mask. <laughs> have you, have you is Jim Carrey even in that one? No, 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 but it is actually hilarious. It is a, it's very good. Yeah, my it's brother likes well two movies. Well. The Mask and Ford Fairlane <laughs> with Andrew Dice Clay. Those are his two favorite movies. Oh so. my god, Andrew Dice Clay. That being said, that. I don't put much stock in his recommendations for movies. <laughs> Anyway. But I'm I'm very good at movies. We go into detail about on the I'm outtakes. a snob. Yeah, I feel like The do. Godfather would have been a more enjoyable movie if it had more voodoo and more prostitutes. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So this guy's name is Saeed Rodriguez Rodriguez, 48 Ooh. years old. He was arrested uh, just a couple of weeks ago on charges of conspiracy to commit sex trafficking and sex trafficking of adults. Um, the bus followed a six-month probe into possible, this possible Sin City brothel, where apparently they had ads in local Latin newspapers that sent people to this brothel for prostitution. So it makes you wonder, because you're like, but I thought prostitution's legal in Las Vegas. A lot of people think that. but Yeah, is it not? It's a misnomer. Prostitution is legal in the state of Nevada. But not in Las right. Vegas proper. So if you went to like, okay. yeah, if you went out to like uh, Reno and places like that and you go to like the Bunny Ranch or Sparks, yeah. there's a lot of uh, uh, bordellos mm-hmm. and, and brothels there. But in, in the city of Las Vegas, it's illegal. Even though there's a million prostitutes. You go to any, yeah, bar, you go to seems... any casino bar after 10 o'clock at night and it's all prostitutes. Yeah, it seems a bit backwards. Like... Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> why? I don't, yeah. Maybe to make it just 
one iota less of a sin city. I, I'm not sure why. <laughs> so anyway, five women worked at this home, this brothel, including one who told investigators that she started working there after losing her job due to COVID in March. Uh, she mm-hmm. thought that it would just be massages that would be offered to clientele. She was under the impression it would only be massages, but later she was told by another uh, coworker that she'd have to have sex with the males. Yeah, she's a liar. Come on. <laughs> she said she on. felt uncomfortable, but she stayed because she needed the money. Yeah, I'm sure she had no mm. concept of the quote-unquote term happy ending. Happy ending. Yeah, yeah, we all, come on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. We know what massage is. As exactly. Joe Biden would say, come on. Come A woman on. who runs the brothel, the madam, Jasmine Rousseau-Martinez, is accused of threatening the prostitutes who work there that they would die immediately after they left. She also said she speaks to dead people. So that's kind of funny. This is me. Yeah, this is me as a brothel owner. Well, I I find it kind of funny. She's like, you leave, you're going to die, and I speak to dead people. So does she mean that after you leave and you die, she's going to continue to berate you and call you an ungrateful hoe in the afterlife? I think so. But you know how I was saying that my my favorite job would be to be a grave digger? My next favorite job would be to be a brothel owner. To be a madam. That's quite a, a different job. Though. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah, because you're dealing with more people being a madam. But, like, all you've got to do is, like, you've just got to, like, you know, round up a bunch of women and, like, simmer fights, probably dole out tampons. Would you, yeah, would you could, use, like, a it. backhand? Like, would you develop a pimp hand? <laughs> <laughs> make them live in I already, fear. I already have a very strong wrist from um, other endeavors, <laughs> so I think I, I could I could do this. You're no stranger to the industry. Is that what you're I'm saying? I'm no stranger. I am no stranger to the industry. Hinton. So Russo <laughs> Martinez said she would scare the girls to work by telling them that they would be cursed if they ever tried to leave, and on other occasions, girls have disappeared mysteriously as soon as they mm. left the house. So these women, who are probably kind of superstitious anyway and probably not the Mm -hmm. brightest bulbs in the batch, um, (laughs) lived in fear that they didn't want to, you know, they they were too scared to leave the home because of uh, the superstition. Um, One of the girls said that uh, she told, the madam told the other girls that a girl left, she was stabbed as soon as she walked out of the home and it all happens because she left the brothel. And so wow. what I don't quite understand is Russo Martinez, the madam, what her connection is to Rodriguez Rodriguez, who sits outside mm-hmm. of the brothel on a stoop. <laughs> yeah, so he sits outside of the brothel on the stoop, and cops who were um, you know, checking out the scene and surveying the place for a few weeks just saw him sitting outside the brothel. He just greeted people as they entered the residence. I don't know if he was a lookout. Or if he was like, he obviously was in collusion with a madam. Um, yeah, he's working there, isn't he? He's the, the, uh, the pimp, the body. Well, I don't know if he was the pimp. They don't say he really interacted with the women. But maybe he was the one who, who kept them there, you know, kept them trapped inside the home because they were too scared to leave because they thought of he him. was a bruja. They said that he practiced brujeria which is known as witchcraft throughout Latin America. Also, a very fine death metal band. Do you know Brujeria? Uh, Yes, I have heard them. Oh, they're so good. good. They're so good. Death metal in Spanish. 
But they mm-hmm. they all called him El Padrino, which means the Godfather. El, El Padrino. You gotta you gotta say more Latino. El Padrino. El Padrino. Say yeah. Say it like your Salma Hayek. El Padrino. <laughs> I'm sure she worked there. Rodriguez Rodriguez sacrificed chickens yeah. and doves before smearing the blood of the animals on the walls inside of the brothel. Uh, officers ex- executed a search warrant and confirmed the account of this prostitute uh, who was their witness. You know, if you think about it, it's not everybody's, you know, he's not everyone's interior. Well, he's not everyone's interior yeah. decorator, <laughs> but I guess it depends yeah. on your particular style. So I don't know if, if the madam was like, I'm going for the voodoo thing, the Santeria look. You know? <laughs> uh, detectives also observed the shrine at the entrance of the residence and figures that were just covered in blood. Walls in the rooms had blood on them and all four wall corners of the garage had smeared blood on them. Not sure what that means. Now, Rodriguez Rodriguez admitted to the sacrifices, but he claimed that the rituals weren't there to scare off the sex workers. You know, they were there because they wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. He's like, sure, I did some rituals, but I wasn't trying to scare the hoes. Come on. (laughs) Um, he He continued to claim that he never threatened the girls at any time. He does not know why the girls would say he threatened to put a curse on them. He would never do that. Obviously, he's a saint. Obviously, he's a very nice, refined gentleman. I keep envisioning. He's a Mexican. He's not a Mexican. Exactly. I I keep envisioning less of a Danny Trejo and more of Harvey Keitel and Taxi Driver. Remember that? Like in the Mm -hmm. wife beater and the hat. Yeah, with the one long fingernail. But he's probably covered. Nice gentleman. Yeah, but I bet you he's covered in like uh, you know arcane, mysterious tattoos, like occult tattoos. Like you. Well, I don't have occult tattoos. Um, but I bet you he is. Uh, Rodriguez Rodriguez is arrested and he's held without bail, which is odd to me because he didn't murder anybody. He just killed a few doves, smeared some blood on the walls. That means they are scared of this man. Maybe he's <laughs> a flight. Maybe he's, maybe El Padrino a is a flight risk. risk. Yes, yeah. El Padrino's flight risk. A warrant mm-hmm. was also issued for the madam Russo Martinez's arrest in early September, but she is is not in custody as of Monday. She's managed to avoid custody, which leads Whoa. me to believe she's hiding in the underworld with the help of her dead friends that she speaks with. That's what yes. I'm thinking. So, Ooh, this is a great story. You know, I would be, I would think twice about going and getting, getting a hand job at this place. Because, you know, as soon as I walked in there and just saw the walls smeared in blood, I'd be like, well, that's weird. <laughs> you know, that's weird. I'd be like, well, I feel quite at home here. And as, as you're wanking me off, can you tell me about like what my dead relatives think about me? And that you're going to get a two for one. You're if you could actually communicate one, to your deceased relatives, yeah. Well, I, as someone who likes to save money, I would like to get this two from one and be like, yeah, I'm going to come, but I'm also going to find out about, like, you know, how how my dead relatives feel about me. Yeah, but what if like drunk it. dad was sitting there criticizing you the whole time you're getting <laughs> wanked off by this Look, street hooker? He did He did that throughout his whole life. I would not be surprised. I'd be like, <laughs> whatever, I would, I would still come. I just think that if uh, you're trying to make a brothel appealing, you probably want to avoid blood-smeared walls and 
Disney deck, you know, Disney wallpaper. Disney wallpaper turns yes. off all Johns. Yes. Well, no, Disney the Johns wallpaper you, isn't out. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's like you don't want the Johns who are into the Disney wallpaper. They're probably not people no, you want no, in no. your brothel. Anyway. Listen, you don't want anyone who's ever going to like Disney anyways in my brothel. Not in my brothel. <laughs> and that goes for the employees, too. What do you have here mm -hmm. for the, uh, the second story? So the second story that we have was sent in from a listener from Aberdeen who certainly knows what Doric is. And he says, thanks for all the hours of enjoyment over the years. I'm glad to see the elephant logo making a comeback. When are you rebeating the video from the old forum? Uh, it had everyone know what love is. Well, all these disgusting old videos that can't be posted on Facebook anymore. We're going to make a Reddit. We're going to make a Reddit. Reddit page. A Reddit page. Everything that is disgusting that Facebook won't allow, Reddit does. So you can see it on Reddit. Kenny the, from so, Yeah, Kenny is the listener that sent this in. Um, Kenny. Mm -hmm. So Kenny's referencing a video that God, I made a long time ago. That was just basically, I mean, now, I mean, there's a lot of other shit, but at the time it was like a collection of all, like a, a melange of all the gross shit on the internet, like tub girl and all the other gross shit on the internet. <laughs> I think I had all like the classics. Yeah. The classics the like classics. Mr. Hands. I'm yeah. trying to think of what else is on there. A lot of gross shits on there. I think I, I might've sent this to you before, but anyway, the soundtrack is a song from Foreigner. I want to know what love is. Yes. And that's, yeah, I want you to show me. And the idea was, I want to know what love is. And I want the internet to show me. And so back in like, I don't know, 2006 or 2007 when I made that, that's kind of like, if you want to know what love is, that's what the internet was showing you. And so he's referencing that. I can't post that video to Facebook. I can't post mm -mm. that video to fucking Patreon even because Patreon will like fucking they'll make you an adult site so you're not even searchable. So they crack down. Yeah, on I you. never knew that. Yeah, I yeah, never Patreon's knew that about harsh. Patreon. But yeah, I never we knew are that. we've been talking about putting up a Reddit page, like a subreddit for sick and wrong, which I think there are a few sick and wrong Reddit pages. But yeah, like shit like this will get posted there. Kate has a bunch of things from her own personal wank bank that she posts to <laughs> Discord. Um, they're going to get posted there, some of the other stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, Kenny, for sure, that, that video will be making a comeback, yeah. much like the uh, elephant logo. So, stay tuned. Okay. DNA evidence catches man who asked five-year-old to watch him defecate in, the Aberdeen, in an Aberdeen garden. Have you ever been up to Aberdeen? Is Edinburgh the furthest that you've ever been? Yeah, I think... Is Aberdeen further north than Edinburgh? Oh yeah, it's like it, it's the Highlands. Uh, I don't have. Do you know what they? There. Do you know what they call like Aberdeen up there? They call it Doric. Have you ever heard like an Aberdeenshire person talk? Doric. Doric. That's Doric. what they call it. They call it Doric. You know, we, we well, this whole episode is basically been about like local slang and talk, and it's Doric, okay? Is Doric what they call the their dialect, or a person? Yeah, from... Doric. So, like, I've been up to Aberdeen a few times. I know that, like, when they say "fit like," if someone says to you "fit like," that means like how you doing. Fit like. Fit like. Fit like. Fit like. But anyways, so. Stuart Murray wandered into a garden in Aberdeen where a number of young children were playing 
and he asked a five-year-old to show him around. The forty-seven-year-old. Right, right, that is suspect. Usually, in at least <laughs> well, in yes, obviously. But, but at least in the U.S., <laughs> you know, they have like you see that in L.A. They'll have like playgrounds and things like that, and they're like, no adults are allowed to go in there unless they have a child. It's like fucking Chuck E. Cheese. You can't just like be a you know a fucking forty-seven-year-old man mm-hmm. and go hang out in Chuck E. Cheese by yourself. That's that's weird. That's suspect. Have you ever had it? This is a total a rare like extra point, but have you ever had a pizza from Chuck E. Cheese? Well, probably when I was a kid. Well, there's that whole, uh, well, apparently the pizzas are quite good, but there is that whole internet conspiracy that they reuse pizzas. Have you heard about this? <laughs> Wait, they re- this is like, this is worse <laughs> than Pizzagate. Wait, they reuse pizzas that people didn't eat? It's a, it's a whole internet conspiracy, but I don't think they do. But the pizzas at Chuck E. Cheese are meant to be really fucking good. Like, you know, honestly, I can't recall. You know, you know, it's funny. So Chuck E. Cheese, there are some Chuck Mm -hmm. E. Cheeses here. They're kind of in like the ghetto areas of L.A. But but, yeah, yeah. there are some Chuck E. Cheeses here, but you're not allowed to go in there. Like, like I wouldn't be able to go in there by myself. No, even not even if you were like, oh, I'm picking up a pizza. No, you, you have to go in there with a kid. Or a family or whatever. I wouldn't be able to just go by myself and go hang on Chuck E. Cheese. So However, you have to abduct a child to get a pizza. From I would Chuck have to cheese. rent a child and take him into uh, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese yeah. if I wanted to hang out and play skee ball. However, <laughs> there's another variant of the Chuck E. Cheese family style restaurant. It's not affiliated with Chuck E. Cheese, but it's an LA thing. It's called Shakey's. And Shakey's, okay. in my opinion, I would say is a Mexican Chuck E. Cheese. And they don't give a shit <laughs> how old you are or how single you are or how creepy you are. Anybody mm. can go into a fucking, fucking Shakey's. And it's pizza and potatoes is their thing. So you get a pizza Ooh. covered in potatoes. And what, what, Wait, wait, wait. Take, the, take this back. What do you mean covered in potatoes? Like covered in fries? Not fries. Yeah. They're like, what? I don't know what you would call them. They're like... Home fries, I guess. Is that what they're called? Where Yeah, like what they're steak not steak fries, they're not they're, steak cut fries. They're round. So they're wedges. I guess, but they're not like set they're like thinly cut wedge I guess thinly cut round fries, whatever those are called. Mm. And they you get a a pizza with potatoes. And they're th- on top. I think it's vile. Wait. Why would you do that? Wait, wait, wait. So explain this to me. So the pizza is cooked cooked individually and then the fry the these fucking whatever type of wedges fries are piled on top yeah so you get like a round pizza yeah. that comes to your table with a bunch of these potatoes on it yeah i was getting worried that it was all cooked as one because like the pizza like the potatoes would never cook into the pizza it would just be disgusting you know i'm, I'm assuming it, like why 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 would you do that though like i want to have i want to have the like you know the uh, the power to if I want to put my potato on my fry on top of my pizza, I want that authority. I don't want a restaurant deciding that for it's, me. It's their thing. They they like advertise this. I do not like this thing. I do not like oh, yeah, this well, thing. Well, Have as soon you been as you to walk... this place recently? Uh, the last time I went to one was a couple of years ago. We went for work, mm-hmm. and it's like you walk into it, and it's like it's a shitty pizza parlor. It's a shitty. It's a shitty, like a shitty facsimile of Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, they don't have like the animatronic, you know, band playing of like the creatures but the, playing the, the music. The pizza in Chuck E. Cheese is meant to be really good. So is the pizza I in Chuck E. Cheese not good? 
No, it's 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 kind of like Domino's. It's not not really good, and they cover it in potatoes. But the funny thing about Shakey's is when you go to Chuck E. Cheese, it's like a thing for kids. Like they have a ball pit, and they have video games, and uh-huh. they have like a ski ball and stuff like that. At Shakey's, they just have a bunch of broken rides and like <laughs> shitty like shitty games like the Claw. But you like get like Mexican candies, and you do get you do get little tickets. But the tickets are for really shitty prizes that you'd find at a Mexican <laughs> carnival. I'm not, I'm not trying to like you know berate this place, but you go in there and you're just like, wow. If I was a kid and my parents took me here, I'd be like, what the fuck, mom? This isn't a fucking Chuck E. Cheese. I already disagree with it because I don't want people putting my fucking, my fries, my fake fries on top of the pizza already. I will decide. I am the master of deciding if I want my fries on top of a pizza. I do not like this. Yeah. I doubt they reuse their pizza there. I think they, I don't even think the homeless people want Shakey's pizza. I don't think they do in Chuck E. Cheese, but it was like, it was a whole internet conspiracy a couple of years ago. But I have also heard that the pizzas there are actually really good. And you shouldn't have to worry about it. I, I'll have to but. take your word for that. You know, to listeners who are around my age, you might remember <laughs> Showbiz Pizza. Showbiz Pizza Ooh. became Tell Chuck me about E. Cheese. Showbiz. Well, it's the oh, same thing. Okay. Chuck E. Cheese bought yeah. out Showbiz. But when I was a kid, mm. before I moved to South Africa, Showbiz was the shit. It was fucking cool. Yeah. I like Showbiz. Never been a fan of fucking Chuck E. Cheese and that big pedophile mouse there to touch Can your children. Can I also say... I've been all over Italy. I've been to the north, to the south, to the middle. I've been to Sicily. All pizza is the same, guys. It tastes all kind of the same. It's dough, cheese, tomatoes, whatever you chuck on top. I've never been to a place where I've been like, yes, this is the pinnacle of pizza. I'm I'm never going to forget this taste. It's all the same. Not if you put potatoes on it. No, well, that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And pineapples, too. That is also wrong. There are wrong things. But what I'm saying in in L.A., you go to these playgrounds Mm. and they say, like, you can't a person who doesn't have a child with them is not allowed on the premises. So what the fuck's happening in Aberdeen where a guy could just go up to five year olds and be like, hey, show me around the playground. Uh, Okay, right, right. I think what you mean is like this guy was going along like a terraced house. He's going into actual back gardens. Oh, oh, this isn't a public. Okay, he was in a back garden. No, no, no this right, isn't right. like in a public like. What? I thought it was a public <laughs> park, is what I thought. Okay. No, we've all shit in public parks, but this this guy's going into like private gardens. Okay. And he's shitting. The forty-seven-year-old then asked the child to watch as he pulled down his trousers and he defecated. The girl shouted, yuck! And she covered her eyes with her hands before her older sister led her away. Isn't that a rite of passage in Scotland? That's when a woman, that's when a girl becomes a woman. (laughs) Yuck! The first time I saw an erect penis in the flesh. (laughs) When you see a Scottish man just lift up his kilt and just like shit out a log. That's yeah, when you yeah, enter womanhood yeah. in Scotland. You know what? That is actually what they're hiding underneath the kilts. It's just an erect log. At all times. So the fiscal dispute, which is what they call their sheriffs up there, um, told Aberdeen Sheriff Court that two girls aged five and seven were playing in the garden along with another young child at about 11.30 a.m. 11.30 a.m. 
God, in the morning too, yeah. May 17th, Murray was then seen to leave the garden and the police were contacted. What gets worse is that Miss Ward added that a DNA analysis proved that it was a match in Murray. So they, they took his log, they took it to the lab, they ran it through some tests and they were like, this guy, <laughs> this guy did it. Wait, so <laughs> he walked into the garden. He saw a, I'm, I'm a reading there were two kids, kids there were two kids playing and he went to the one, the five-year-old and he was like, mm -hmm. the five-year-old girl, he's <laughs> like, I want you to show me around the garden. And as he, she was showing him around, he's like, I want you to watch me take a shit. Or I guess he was just like, he just pulled his pants down and started taking a shit. At 11 30 a.m. too, yeah. And so then <laughs> upon hearing her exclaim yuck, the seven-year-old who wasn't even around there approached the accused and was like, he's taking a shit. This is wrong. And then he grabbed yeah. the five-year-old and they ran into the house. No, no, no. The the seven-year-old grabbed the five her five-year-old sister and she was like, yeah, come the, on. The seven-year-old walked over and was just this. like, there's a fucking creepy Scottish man taking a shit. <laughs> In the garden, and they she ran into the house. Eleven thirty in the fucking morning. They were both women <laughs> at this, after this day, Scottish women. Yeah, that that is actually how you lose your virginity. It's you don't lose your virginity for sex. You lose your virginity by watching a brutish Aberdeen Aberdeenshire Doric man having a shit in your garden. Having a shit in your garden. And so he was seen to leave the garden and obviously the parents called police. I'm surprised there wasn't like some burly Scottish dad. Well, he's probably at work. Um, didn't come out and like, mm. you know, beat him to death with like what a club. I, what I do love is that the police obviously came and they had a little Tupperware box and they put, you know, they put the log. Yeah, I'm fucking... assuming it's the log into a Tupperware box and then they've DNA sampled that and then they've taken DNA samples from this man and they've arrested him and they've concurred. They've concurred D, D that it was the same man. I'm surprised that, uh, yeah, I'm so, I wonder, I wonder if it was like a full on solid log or if it was more like spatter because you think about the amount that these guys drink, mm. probably a lot of loose In my stool. mind it's, in my mind, it's a full-on log. I don't know why it's a full-on log in my mind. <laughs> so they, they take was... it in, the crime scene, CSI comes in, they pick up the log, they take it in. They run into Scottish, you know the Scottish it, DNA yeah. analysis. How they knew it was him, right, is because he was convicted of offences in November 2016, and he was ordered by a court. <laughs> this is like a totally different story, but it also means the same thing. He was ordered by a cop to stay away from female or unisex toilets. So I think this man has a shitting fetish. I mean, this man shits and he, he enjoys it. I think he wants females to enjoy his shits as well. Yeah. Oh, right. You know, we were talking about like um, rotten.com. Like last oh, yeah, week. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you remember rate my was it rate my poo, rate my shit .com? Do you remember that? Rate my poo. No. Yeah, well, it was the same thing along rotten.com. It was like very early days of the internet, and people would like <laughs> upload 
pictures of their logs and you could be like from one to ten and be like oh yeah this is a great shit this is a bad shit this guy <laughs> Wait, who would do that did you get is it like am i hot or not but with shit yeah it was like am i hot or not but it was like fucking shits in the toilet so wait, I what, feel like what would guy, a number nine or a ten ranked shit look like i think it would right to me in my mind not that i want people to send me pictures although they probably they're probably gonna to me like a nine out of ten log would be like a fucking massive shit coming out the toilet oh so it'd be iceberging iceberging yeah that's how it would be wouldn't it and i imagine that this is what this guy was doing to get fucking banned from local toilets i would picture more of one that's like perfectly like coiled you know it's like a perfect coil and maybe the tip icebergs i would give that a 10 yeah yeah you're going for like beauty well that's what i'm saying it's gotta be aesthetically pleasing if i'm gonna give it a nine or ten yeah oh i've seen only once in my life and i swear it was not me swear it wasn't i went into like a supermarket toilet it was a tesco and i walked in the the toilet was like flooded over but it was like through it was like the biggest shit I have ever seen. It was like so thick and circular. It was circular, like someone circular. Had coiled it off, like circular. Someone had coiled that fucker off, and it was like this in is, a perfect, wait. like kind of. Was this in a women's mm-hmm. restroom? It was in a women's restroom. Always I did blows wonder my mind. That women, women destroy toilets. Men. I've worked in pubs. I've worked in restaurants, and it's the women that destroy toilets. Men it's not, not the first time I've heard this. And I mean, I obviously have seen men mm-hmm. destroy toilets, but I've heard this from numerous women that that uh, girls who you wouldn't even think could be capable of this type of reprehensible behavior could go in there yeah. and just shit all over a toilet, bleed all over a toilet, leave their tampons and their mess, and just walk out. Walk out like nothing's fucking happened. Yeah, and disgusting. the thing that always the thing that blew my mind about this fucking massive shit I found in Tesco, there was no paper. There was no she just like coiled off this massive fucking cox, as the rabbit would say. <laughs> and she just left it. And there was no there was no paper. It was like Oh, you mean she didn't even try to wipe she, her ass afterwards? No, maybe she tried to flush it, but there was no fucking way that was going down well, the toilet. I looked at it, and then I came out, and I was like, I hope nobody's watching me come out this stall thinking that I did that, because I'm a tiny person, and if I'd have done that shit, it would probably be like one fucking third of me. <laughs> I would have blamed you. If I was waiting to come out next, I would have blamed you. <laughs> it, it, no, there's no way I could have done that. It's like It would have been like the size of my leg. So That's I don't get it. Was. What is what was Murray doing here? He was going into women's female or unisex toilets mm. and just leaving his shit behind for girls to find it and be shocked. You know, on one occasion that like, he covered up the side of the door on the ladies' room and he said it was unisex. So I think that he was wanting the women to come in and be shocked by the size oh, of his okay, shit. Okay, wait. But would would he be in the act of sitting on the toilet shitting when the woman came in? Or did he did Not he want them to see his creation? I think he wanted both. Hmm. That's crazy. So he covered the sign on the door of the ladies' toilet with a unisex sticker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe he didn't care if it was ladies singing it, but by the fact that he's now going into gardens. Oh, with children. 
with cho- girl children as well. What do you call girl children? Yeah, daughters. Like, yeah, girl I mean with children. a gr- with a, a female child. I don't know how I'd feel a about that. As a, if well, if I was five or six years old and someone just dropped their dropped trow and started taking a shit in front of me, I think I'd also be horrified. I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I don't know if I'd say fuck. So you, you've never been to Aberdeen, right? In Aberdeen, was this normal? <laughs> this is normal yeah. in Aberdeen. Just typical <laughs> behavior. They have these thing called butteries, okay, which are like the halfway between croissant, croissant, and uh, rolls, bread rolls. They're like a mashup of in between. And like in a my mind, and a roll, like a yeah. Okay. In my mind, when he's shitting out, he's shitting out butteries. That's what I can see. <laughs> he's like, they're shaped like a buttery, or the consistency is a buttery. Both, both. Do you know what all? All your five listeners in Aberdeen are now messaging in because they're fucking upset that I slagged off a buttery. You're and besmirching I the buttery. Have you ever had I'm, one? Yeah. Do you know what? I had two butteries and I felt sick for the rest of the day. They put in like a half a pound of butter in those fucking shit. Like, did, don't eat them. But did they look the same going in as they did going out? <laughs> Probably not. But in Aberdeen, what they do have which you cannot get anywhere else. They have a drink called Moray Cup. Okay. And Moray Cup is like, it's bright red. Like imagine the most bright red you've ever envisioned. Like bright red that comes from inside your body when you cut it open. And then put that with soda water. And that's what Moray Cup tastes is it, like. It's, it's not alcohol, right? Or is it alcohol? No, it's just like a soft drink, but it's delicious. It's very good. I like so Mario it's like Cook. a red, it's like red soda. Yeah, there's like no sweetness to it. It's it, I had I had a very bad. We played like a couple of gigs up in um, Aberdeen. We went to like Krakatoa, which is a tiki bar. Imagine a tiki bar circa two thousand and one, and that's in that's Aberdeen. Aberdeen has <laughs> tiki not changed. Bar in Aberdeen. Yeah, Aberdeen has not changed since like two thousand and one. It's very similar to like Cumbria, right? Apart from there's more money in Aberdeen than there is in Cumbria. And Moray Cup is like the official drink. It was very tasty. It got rid of my hangover both times. But the butteries, the... So it's a Moray Cup. Does a Moray Cup like cause people to shit more or shit butteries? Like I don't understand the connection. (laughs) They're just like local delicacies. Oh, like, okay. Like a Moray cup is just kind of an deli- Aberdeen drink. Delicacies. And then you, you go get but a Moray cup it- and then you go get eat a mm-hmm. buttery. Yeah, and I imagine that this guy will have been binded in both. This guy was all was hopped up on Moray and then he ate a couple <laughs> butteries. And he was like, I got to get this out of me and let me find a five-year-old to shit in front of. <laughs> Can I just shit in front of <laughs> That's what happened. And that's the day she became a woman. All right. Well, I hope this guy is uh, is... I guess kept. It sounds like he's going to be kept away from children and women's restrooms for the near future. I find this story very hilarious. You apparently do. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a if this is like personal experience or something. Is this the day you became a woman in Penrith? Something similar happened. In On that note, people send in your stories of butteries and Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> To uh, stick around podcast at uh, gmail.com. We have some phone calls coming up next 323 522 4032. 
Uh, but first, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Ah, the holidays. It's snowing outside, the fire's crackling, and there's a big jar of unused lube on your nightstand. And that can only mean one thing. It's December. Yes, that time of year that we celebrate Christ's alleged birth with the purchase of a shiny brand new dildo at AdamEve.com. And if you use coupon code DIDDLE on your order, you'll get 50% off your first purchase, three free adult DVDs, and a free gift. Show your loved ones you still care and cram a brand new dildo down their holiday road. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like priests do to altar boys. Hallelujah. So we got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032. I, you know, initially had calls picked out, but then we started getting bombarded with these calls from this drunken guy named Ken on Facebook. These weren't even calls he was sending in. He was recording calls on Facebook. And I thought mm-hmm. initially he was just sending me calls, but he, he wasn't. He was sending Kate calls. And I found out that he was actually sending other listener call, listeners calls because Warwick Davis was like, I'm getting these calls. And he was like, I'm going to block this guy. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And he's got like, I looked at him, looked him up on Facebook. His name's Ken. I looked him up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. He's got like the cutest dog. Like a really cute dog is his profile picture. Do you know that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just see the dog. But he's he fucking Sophie wasted. Yeah, oh, he's saying Sophie calls. calls All right. So yeah. he's calling a number of people on Facebook and leaving these messages. I think what happened mm-hmm. is he realized... Oh shit, I can leave messages and call people on Facebook. And so he started doing it. But anyway, this just shows you why Kate can't reveal her actual location of where she lives because she'll get a lot of calls just like this. So listen, <laughs> here's Ken's first call. They're all like a minute long, but here's Ken's first call. I'll tell you this. You've probably been listening to Sick and Wrong. You're probably in nappies. You're probably in a nappy since we started listening to that fucking Sick and Wrong podcast. You know what's happening here? I've taken over. But you know what will stop me from... Yeah, you were listening to Sick and Wrong when you were in the in nappies back in 2006. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Ken knows how old I am. Yeah, but also we started in 2006, so you wouldn't be, what... Like 14? You're not 14. No, no. I was like in my 20s, mid-20s. Private wank message. You still could have been wearing nappies in your 20s for men. For fun. We pay you. For fun. Say hello, (laughs) not a wank message. Um, Wait, wait. wait. I missed this part because we were talking, but listen what he's asking Kate to do. I I only want wank messages. You know what will stop me from messing to you? Just private wank message say hello not a wank message um i didn't say that i was i meant like a why message um just (laughs) okay he said i want you to message me but not a wank message a why message yeah what the fuck does that mean why are you doing this, like, Ken? <laughs> hey, Ken, why are you drunkenly messaging me at three in the morning on Facebook, Ken? That's what you I want to know. We've all done this, Ken. There is well, no why. There you is, haven't heard the other a... messages yet. I haven't done the other messages. Send a message back so I can say 
hello. She actually sent me a message back. That big long wank. No, but just to see. Would you even just go, hello? Hello. Like, what are you? Who are you? Take it over the show. We're listeners. We feel things. Say hello or I'll call. And and then that's (laughs) it. That's that. It gets cut off. You know, I was lying. This isn't really Ken. This is Jason Statham. I don't know if you know this, Mm. but. (laughs) Okay. So apparently the listeners feel things. I highly doubt that. For sure, well, maybe they the do. Maybe they do when you're anything. talking. Who Not when I'm talking. When I'm talking, they feel revulsion. When you're talking, they feel <laughs> boners. That's what happens. All right. And the reason I'm saying this is listen to this next call. Here's from Ken to Kate. These are personal messages being sent to Kate mm-hmm. on Facebook. Kate, do um, you obviously don't understand who I am? You know, I've been there. Uh, was in your photograph for such long times. Uh, he's doing a voice now, and I, I don't know if he's doing like a rotundo voice. We know it's you, Ken, but he sent this to Kate. Was this like in the middle of the night last night, right? I think so, yeah. I keep crazy hours, so who knows when. Yes. This well, this is before he asked Kate to watch him defecate. <laughs> <laughs> seems to show, uh, to be honest, it seems to show your cleavage, like uh, kind of your cleavage, like a slutty, like you're a slut. Uh, not that you are a slut or anything, but uh, yeah, is, that wouldn't is. bother me if you were um, a slut because um, I, I, I think I would, uh, um, I would still. I would still put my pointer. I'd put my pointer in you. <laughs> my pointer is always kind of pointing in the wrong direction. But when when I I I see Kate Rambo, it's 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 it points towards you. It and and I just want to put it in and see what happens. You know what the funniest you know what the funniest thing about that call is? Not the pointer and not the voice he's doing. It's the child you can hear in the background. <laughs> Do you See, notice that? that? I I thought that was the telly. Is on the telly. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. It sounds like there's a child in the background. No, I think Ken has way. children and he's calling <laughs> female podcasters in the internet, telling them about his pointer that he wants to he's put in pointer. there. Yeah. He's pointer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's the third call from Ken <laughs> to Kate. But on the other hand, right, I could talk to you like this and all saying, you know, Rambo, it's not too much. Uh, me and you could go on a date, you know. I could uh, spend all my money on you, you know. Yeah, maybe nice hot cold fire. Maybe I just <laughs> want to... Maybe I just want to smack you with a ball-peen hammer. You know, who knows? Oh, and then a sharp, a sharpened screwdriver just to like yeah. finish me off. Doctor, mm-hmm. life out of you. Maybe you don't understand who this is at the end of the phone call, but it's coming to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing oh, weird about shit. this. No. <laughs> You're listening to the other one, and I'm doing this. Ah, oh, fuck. Fuck this messing around. She won't go to bed. Good luck. Have a nice sleep. I don't mean any harm. 
I'm in the arsehole of nowhere. You're safe. <laughs> for now. <laughs> You're safe for now, Kate. And this is why Kate can't reveal exactly where she lives. But I do live on a fortified bunker on top of the hills. So if anyone wants to come and try, good luck to you. I often wondered <laughs> if Wackerly received calls like this or Harrison. I mean, I, I don't usually because I think I'm typically repulsive mm. to most people. You're past but, this point now. Yeah. I and it's like, I think at this point yeah. they kind of see me as an avuncular figure. But, like, mm. I often wondered if Wackerly did. And I think Wackerly did get a few calls like this. And I think Harrison requested more calls like this. Like, I think Harrison <laughs> wanted this because that's the only way he could get an erection. Um, but Harrison, I mean, would, Harrison would have gone and visited this man. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably cried. You know, yeah. <laughs> because it would, have been, it would have been something you would have cried about. I mean, it would have been a, you know, a sad thing. That's what happens. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not afraid of Ken. Uh, I've known many men. I've known many men's like Ken's. <laughs> I just hope. I just hope he doesn't feel too bad on the hangover. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I feel. Maybe he'll feel a little bit bad. We've all been there, Ken. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Ken. Uh, second call we have here is the return of the Wad. Remember the yes. Wad? Yes. Love the Wad. He's... He hasn't called in in a while. I love the Wad and I love the Wad's mom. I don't know what, I don't know what, something happened where like Harrison didn't want to hear the Wad's calls anymore. <laughs> I don't know what it really? is. Really? I don't something, <gasps> Wad pissed Harrison off for some reason. Mm. I forget what it was that, that was the, he was just like, he was pissed about the Wad. The Wad made some joke and it pissed Harrison off. And so he just stopped calling in. But the Wad is hilarious. I think so. But the Wad's mom Equally hilarious. It's the best. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be the Wads mom. I love her. I love that uh, that story where she said she lost her virginity to the Wads. No, not virginity. First time she ever had sex. I'm sure she lost her virginity like back in the 70s or 60s. Oh, yeah. The Wads mom is like me. Yeah, but many times. I love yeah. the first time she had sex with the Wads dad. It was like on a pile of coats at work in the break room. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's great. It's a great story. We've all been there. And the oh, Wad's yeah. dad is also an epic character, so I'd like to hear more about mm -hmm. him. But anyway, the Wad calls back. Here's part one. Awesome. Hello, D. It's me, the Wad. Wad. So I've uh, I haven't called in a while. Been pretty busy the last few months. Made some changes. I uh, actually cut my hours at the tire shop. I was working fifty-five hours a week. Now I'm down to forty. You know what I thought. The tire shop was his family's business. No, I think um, I think he's like got part. It's not his full family business, from what I remember. But I love that he's like, yeah, I've I've cut my hours from. This is like me. I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not working fifty hours anymore. I'm just working forty. It's not as hard. <laughs> like, I, I just what? I thought it was his family's business. So I thought I didn't know yeah. he could just be like, I cut my hours. But maybe maybe he can if it is his family's business. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I work with a bunch of workaholic Arabs, so it was actually a big deal for me to go down to forty. They consider me part time now. I'm currently yes. looking for a new full-time gig. I've got a few interviews lined up. The straw that broke the case. I'm sure your tire shop skills will help you out with a new gig. Hey, I tell you, I tell you what, 40 hours is part-time. 
You want to be working more than 40 hours. I wish I, really worked, I, wish I worked 40 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back and made me finally begin severing my ties with uh, the tire shop was after three years of never calling off, I got sick and had to leave work early. It was fucked up. COVID? I threw up twice on the way to work. Ooh. I had diarrhea as soon as I got there. And then I shit my pants at my desk. Uh, I straight up sharded while sitting at my desk. That's got to be embarrassing. I'm not, and I, I, bet they, I bet they were still like, you can't go home. <laughs> well, what do you need a desk for at a tire shop? To count the tires? I don't know. <laughs> you would think that it was like, I, don't know, I guess maybe he's like the executive or something or i don't know mm-hmm. buying more tires i'm not sure why but he's he's the watson he has to have a desk <laughs> to be the watson i don't know yeah maybe i don't know but i'd like to know what happened after you shit your pants i went into the bathroom <laughs> and i called my brother and my cousin <laughs> my bosses this is totally his family's right. business his brother owns it and his cousin yeah yeah. Well, so like he went into the bathroom stall after he shit his pants, and then he just started ringing people. Because tell you what, I've never shit my pants, but if I ever was to shit my pants, and then to go into the stall, I would never like start ringing people. I always thought that was funny at uh, not my current job, but uh, my previous job. The CEO mm-hmm. would go in there. You'd see him sometimes. It'd be an awkward pee next to the CEO. And he would like, oh, that guy was such a douche. And he would just sit there on the phone while he's pissing, like having like a full on, like talking to someone in the bathroom. And you're just well, like. Would he be sit- having a sit down pee? No, he'd be at the people. urinal next to me. Ringing you know, while I'm peeing. And mm-hmm. no, he'd be in, he would just take his phone into the bathroom, piss, still talking to somebody. And mm-hmm. I would just, I thought that was so rude. So when I was peeing, I would just start flushing the toilet over and over again. So everyone would know <laughs> that he was in the bathroom talking to somebody. What a well, dick. Well, I, I pee while I'm on the phone to people. I just like hold, I'm just a quiet peer. I just hold the phone away. Yeah, but do you but, occasionally like, fart? And it, you know, the person's <laughs> like, what was that? You're like, oh, nothing. Uh, oh, nothing. Uh, no, D, because I am a lady. <laughs> <laughs> And I was talking to them while I was rinsing my shitty ass drawers in the sink. Ah. So them, look, I'm rinsing my drawers in the Never sink. Never wash my hands at the I'm not trying sink. to fuck around with this COVID shit. And I got no sympathy whatsoever. My brother was a total dick about it. In fact, his response was, first off, shooting yourself is not a symptom of COVID, which is pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty is. ridiculous considering totally the fact is. that diarrhea is a symptom of pretty much any illness. You- diarrhea is a major symptom of COVID. It really is. They say that now, They say that now, but a couple of months ago, it was not a symptom, was it? Yeah, but he just called no. us in like a week ago. Now it is. Was it? Yeah, but like two months ago, it was It was not. still a symptom. When uh, Harrison went out, flew out to see Jizzy Jake... He had, mm-hmm. and when he came back, he had like diarrhea for a week, and that's why he thought he had COVID. It was a symptom, but it is still a symptom. Okay. Like, <laughs> diarrhea, <laughs> like upset stomach, but like it's, but it's also a symptom of the flu, you know, it could be. But anyway, yeah, yeah. If I was his mm-hmm. brother, I'd feel, I would have been like, I don't want you to be at work with diarrhea. Go home. <laughs> that's what, what I would have said. Right, right. No, 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 no. I used to work kitchens, right? And when you work in the kitchens, 
if you have an upset stomach, you're not meant to come into work. If you have diarrhea, every fucking chef in the existence of man has diarrhea every fucking day because the amount of cocaine they take, uh, right? Yeah. If, if you don't think that a chef does not have diarrhea every fucking day, then you are wrong. Ah, Everyone, what the fuck? Right, if your tire master has diarrhea, do you give a shit? No. Do <laughs> you think that was his job title? Tire master? Tire master. Probably. Yeah, put the fucking, I don't give a shit if you've got COVID. Put the tires on my car. Uh. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> uh, since I'm not working as many hours at the tire shop, I have supplemented my income uh, walking dogs with Rover and Wag. <laughs> And I do a little bit of DoorDash. So wait, he's the tire master, he's walking dogs, and he's doing DoorDash. I love the fact that he's like, oh yeah, because I'm working 40 hours a week, it's not enough. (laughs) He's like like a Jamaican with like eight jobs. (laughs) This place still drives me fucking crazy. I walk in the door, and I immediately want a cigarette. I quit for 10 weeks, and I fucking relapsed. Recently, I had this super annoying customer that finally he pissed me off for the last time, and I was just like, I'm never touching your car again. Even though I gave him a refund, he got all pissed off and kept calling me like faggot over and over again. Faggot this, faggot that, faggot this, faggot that. And finally, I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm a faggot. I'll fuck you in the ass, you bitch. It was this tall, skinny black dude in an Acura. And I told him, if he wants a piece of me, all he's got to do is come and get it. Uh, we're at the three minutes. Uh, I'll give you a call back. And he calls back here with a part two. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's uh, <laughs> he's great at customer relations. I don't know if that was, I wonder if that was his job, like customer support. You know, and your tired people are coming in and calling you, fuck it. <laughs> he's going on. Hello, D. It's the wad again. So, uh, back to the uh, asshole. Uh, I told him if he wants to speak to me, to come and get it. But as usual, motherfuckers are all talk. Like, I get beat up for fun. Like, I get beat up for fun, motherfuckers. You think you threaten me? I get choked for fun. And there's also been an update on the asshole that robbed us. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Stole the cash Uh box and then... Do you remember that story? That was like the last time he called in. Some guy grabbed their cash box and the wide like was full on like Steven Seagal. Like he jumped into the car and attacked the guy and tried to put him in a headlock. And like the guy jumped out of a car into another car and the wide jumped on the back of the car. It was like an action story. It was great. Holes in cars drove by to taunt me. I reached through the window and choked the shit out of both of them. Yeah. Um, the guy that actually went in and stole the cash box, uh, he has been identified. I even found him on Facebook once they sent me a notice about what his name was with his name in it. Is he sending you uh, sexually harassing voice messages? I'm pretty sure that the wad was uh, researching my accent. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, they identified him by a face tattoo. And both the assholes, the asshole and the Dodge Challenger who drove who drove up to me when I was down the street, and the asshole in the other car 
that was hanging out at my shop running his mouth. Both those, those are both the guys that I choked. I grabbed them through the window of their car. Both those assholes were his brothers. So it's just like a whole family of just idiots. Just choked them all, the whole family. <laughs> uh, they're actually uh, charging him with burglary. Huh. Which, I, I don't know. I mean, he might get a lot of time for doing for just doing some dumb kid shit, but honestly, fuck him. And I've also joined a band recently. God, hmm. we have kind of an old school. This fucking guy, he works as a tire master. He does DoorDash. He walks dogs. He chokes mm-hmm. out gangsters. And now he's like in a band. Like, how does this guy have the time? Yeah, he, he can't really be in a band when you've got all these other. Yeah, there's other so shit going on. You'll have to start giving them up if you're in a band. He's also a dad. Like he has a kid, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he juggles the time. Mm-mm. Slash Celtic Frost sound. I'm also going to be starting testosterone replacement therapy within the next couple of weeks. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, Go back. Like, he, didn't, he didn't even say what he's doing in a band. What type of band? What is he playing well, he said in it was band? a Celtic Frost sound. So it must be like a black metal kind of well, thing. I think awful. he plays bass, what? I think. What leave this fucking band immediately? Uh, Celtic Frost is awesome. You don't like them? They're all right, but you don't want to be in a Celtic Frost like fucking kind of like covers band. Well, oh, I don't know if he's in a cover band. He said that kind of sound like raw black metal. I'm assuming Mm. if it's a cover band, don't do it. What? Don't do a cover band. Yeah, don't do it. And now he's starting on like right because he hasn't got enough energy. He needs he needs more like what testosterone. I want to know why he needs testosterone. Actually, let's. uh, I'm gonna rewind it a little bit. Mm. Venom slash Celtic Frost. Oh, Venom Celtic Frost sound. I'm also going to be starting testosterone replacement therapy within the next couple weeks. Why? So I'm excited about that. I plan on getting royally jacked before I compete in my next tournament this coming December. So, uh... Wait, wait, wait. Wait, is he... Is he like a, is he like a bodybuilder as well? No, he's a UFC guy. He's like an MMA guy. Yeah, yeah. Right, That's his right. thing. That's so his he, bag. He is, he is jacked already. Well, what so I don't get, though... Jacked. Yeah, but what is he trying to do? Like, is he taking steroids? Yeah, he must be. He must be taking testosterone to build... Fucking way crazy more muscle than what he's already got. You got to be careful. You got to be careful because it can do weird shit to your body. Like it can it make can. your yeah. yeah, it can make your testicles become ovaries. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard yeah, this. You can have like a you can have like a tiny little baby dick. It does. It stuff. makes it it makes yeah. your testicles become ovaries, producing estrogen, then making your cock three times smaller. Do you want this, Wad? I don't Maybe know. he's already got a three times smaller dick already. He doesn't give a shit. Maybe that's why he's so angry and choking <laughs> fools out, possibly. Keep it sit, keep it wrong. Harrison, I wish you well. I love you. I know you probably don't find my antics very funny. <laughs> but uh, I keep, Wait, I keep so you Har- guys in my thoughts. You guys are great. Harrison didn't like the watch. Now, I don't know what it was about the wad that Harrison just didn't I like. I love the wad. I, I love all his calls, and I especially love the wad's mom. Yeah, the I, wad's like, mom. I, the I wad's love the mom. yeah, I love the wad's calls too, but the wad's mom calls were especially funny. They're really funny. They're great. But it's good I, to hear your voice, so wad. Yeah. 
I want to hear. I want to hear more about like why is he taking testosterone? Is That's it what I want to hear. Fighting. I want to know about how your mum is. Tell us more about your fucking mother. He did what? say he emailed me saying that uh, he hasn't had a chance to call in, but the next call is going to be disgusting. So just a prelude. Ooh. Good to hear you back on the yeah, show, Quad. Like you, you've been messed. People call Sigmar Hotline three two three five two two four zero three two. Um. I don't know how many people noticed this, but uh, since uh, we've launched Sick and Wrong 3.0, Kate and I went through and uh, revamped the whole Patreon, changed everything. Mm -hmm. It's like night and day over there. It's a brand new thing. <laughs> it's huge, huge. Um, no, we did make a lot of changes. There's brand new rewards at all the different tiers. Um, in addition to the extra phone calls, New stories and outtakes. So if you're at the, uh, if you just sign up for Felcher's Corner, you get that. You get like extra outtakes, you get extra phone calls, you get extra news stories. But now at the $10 level, we're giving away a bonus episode, a brand new bonus episode. Um, Kate and I are doing, sometimes Kate's doing by herself. It's called Sick and Wrong Overkill, where we do stories yeah. and kind of a profile of someone tangentially related to the intro topic of the current show. So, yeah, this week. Yeah, who do you do this week? I'm not going to say who I did it all by this week, but it is about a very famous Cumbrian killer. All right, so it's kind of related because we talk about the Yorkshire kind Ripper. Related. And this is a mm -hmm. Cumbrian killer. A Cumbrian, a Cumbrian killer. A Cumbrian killer, yeah. And uh, it's just me doing it on this time, so. So go check, because that's the thing. Go check it out. We got sick and wrong overkill. You can wank to it easily. Yeah, yeah a lot of wanking, because you're not going to hear my voice uh, cock-bocking mm -hmm. you. Another show that we're adding, too, is a new monthly show called These Wacky Records. Uh, what, what inspired me to do this is back when I used to do Rampage, I've collected records since I've been, like, 16. And so I got all these mm -hmm. novelty records, like a lot of comedy, but also just, like, these weird random novelty records. I'm talking, like, a few hundred and so I don't do anything with them anymore. I used to play them in Rampage, but I don't really do anything anymore. So what I was thinking is I'm going to do like a 30-minute show where I'm going to highlight some of the best clips from these novelty records. I haven't really figured out how I'm going to do the show yet. I think it's going to be like yeah. really lo-fi. Like I'm going to put the mic next to my speakers, play them off my stereo, and then comment on them. But, yeah, that um, sounds good. I, w I would listen to that. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be good. There's some records that you would never hear. Like, you can't even find this shit on YouTube. Like, it's, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of weird novelty records. So there's going to be these wacky records. Uh, the other thing we're going to do at the $20 level is Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, where we do a monthly Zoom call where we just kind of hang out with listeners. And so if you're at the $20 level, we'll send out a, a notice. And, uh, yeah, we're going to try to do this, like, monthly, just kind of Google, Zoom, hangout kind of thing. Also, there's going to be Sexy Pics of Kate. Uh, that you've taken an, a, a, uh, an exclusive invite to the Sick and Wrong Discord. Signed copies of my book. Um, we're going to give away the entire collection of Kate's old band, Asian uh, Babes, the entire, this, entire discography, which you can download. Yeah. A pretty cool band. That's, that's kind of something you can't really find anymore. Um, mm -hmm. Also exclusive Sick and Wrong Patreon merch, things like that. But we're giving, anyway, we're giving away a lot of shit on Patreon um, just because we want to hit our goal 
Like we're actually getting serious about hitting the goal. And the reason why we want to hit our goal is we're planning on doing a couple tours a year. Now they have like, it's a transatlantic podcast. Now they have a, uh, you know, a co-host that lives in England. We're going to try to like cross the divide. Like Kate can come here. We can do a tour at a couple, you know, U.S. cities. And then also we can go to the U.K. and do a, you know, do a tour. Like maybe from London all the way up to Cumbria. Or maybe all the way up to Glasgow, <laughs> you know? Well, Cumbria to Glasgow is not that far. But yeah, let, let's go for it, people. Patron is the place to be. You're, you're also, like, supporting the arts. You're supporting us for whacking this out for free to you. This is free. It is know? free. And we do appreciate the support. So thank yeah, you, everybody, for exactly. helping us out on Patreon. And we yeah, I'm serious. You. I do want to, even if we don't do a full-on tour... I wouldn't mind doing like some pub, like a pub crawl all the way up from fucking yeah. London all the way up to fucking Edinburgh. That'd be a good time. And you can join us. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Anyway, support the show. Become a Sick and Wrong patron. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. Also, we have a new tea public store. I don't know if uh, some of you people did take advantage. They do like all these random like sales. And so they did a pre-Cyber Week sale this past week where it was like 30% off. But they do these randomly, and when I find out about them, I'm going to post about them on Facebook and Twitter, just let everybody know. But it's like, yeah, 30% off everything. They do have one coming up in December. Great idea for holiday shopping. Get a sick and wrong gimp face mask for your pep pep. You know? Why not? <laughs> I think it's a good gift. A good stocking stuffer for your pep pep. <laughs> Sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Click on it today, and uh, you'll go straight to the Tea Public store. Finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. We teased it earlier, but I mentioned that John Humble, the Yorkshire Ripper hoaxer, signed off his call that he sent to uh, Constable Oldfield with a John T. Pop song by Andrew Gold. This song is called Thank You for Being a Friend. And this is the original version of, uh, of the song that was, eventually became the theme of the Golden Girls. So (laughs) Andrew Gold wrote this song like back in 1978. He said it was a throwaway. He wrote it in like an hour. He's like, I didn't really think about it. I just kind of wrote it in an hour. Mm -hmm. Little did he know it was going to become a huge hit and then be re-recorded by Cynthia V for the 1985 sitcom, The Golden Girls. And then not only was it used in in Golden Girls, it was also used in the Golden Girls spinoff, The Golden Palace. That was in 1992. I didn't even know about that. Did you ever? Did you ever hear about that? Well, I never even saw the Golden Girls one, let alone to know that there was a Golden Girls. They didn't two. have the Golden Girls in uh, the UK, in Penrith. Well, they obviously they obviously did. If a guy in Sunderland is earmarking them, but no, I know who these the players are. Like I know uh, Betty White, who she is, and B. Arthur, but never seen an episode. And I never, ever will. <laughs> I just wish there was more nudity. I mean, it was a great show, but if there was just more nudity, I probably would have enjoyed it. But yeah, my mom loved it. But I never knew mm. about the Golden Palace, the spinoff. And apparently, I did a little research. It was only on for one season that got canceled. But it begins mm-hmm. right after the series finale of the Golden Girls when B. Arthur, Dorothy, took off to enjoy her new married life. And the spinoff is Blanche, who was like the, I don't know, the, the grandma slut of the group. Rose, who was <laughs> Betty White. And Sophia, uh, who was the, uh, the mom, 
uh, Dorothy's mom, they invested in a hotel room now that their house is sold, and then further shenanigans happened. But apparently, mm-hmm. no one liked it, and uh, it was canceled after a year. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to play the song, Thank You for Being a Friend, by Andrew Gold. People will be back next week with episode 767. Until then, take it sleazy. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. It always will stay this way My hat is off Won't you stand up and take a bow
Stephen, you'll be the spam. They say Black Lives Matter. But what about the Jews?